Welcome to the 316th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 27th, 2022. It's almost the new year. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show with me is the man who got more coal than he knows what to do with, Carlos Rodella. Yeah, a, a huge bag of coal was my presence. What? And you can't burn it because it's like eco-unfriendly, right? Yeah, I didn't want it. That's like the bad thing to do in this new you know, era of clean, clean fuel. I need clean fuel, not coal fuel. Yeah, reducing that carbon footprint. So I guess you can't burn it, and it's just a bunch of black rocks. I mean, maybe make a, a sculpture out of it, statue or something? I think I'm just going to put it in the closet. Until I can know where to deposit it. But no, I didn't get coal, but I did also um, not get too much because I didn't do too much for Christmas. Sure. Kind of a sad uh, poverty uh, stricken Christmas, really. Well, when you get to be a grown up, too, like the whole nature of Christmas kind of changes, right? Like, I mean, maybe you want less stuff or like, you know, maybe you're maybe you're doing a family thing. Maybe you're not because you're old enough to not go hang out with your family because maybe your family sucks or maybe, you know, like it's just not the same as like when you're like eight years old and you're like, oh, I want all this stuff and presents and presents and Santa. And like when you're like, you know, older and not that it's bad, it just has a very different flavor, you know? Right. Well, I would say this to that point, like when you're younger, you just anything is possible. Yes. And when you get older, you go like, well, is it though? And uh, and you start having these kind of like um, limitations that you either put up yourself or that you see from like just living in the world. I, I thought you were going to say everything is impossible after oh, that. Oh, nice. You're like, nothing's possible, kid. <laughs> Sit back down into your chair and forget Grim about it. Grim reality of December. Yes. Yeah. Uh. But no, in general, I still have that magic. It's just like, it still takes a little bit of money. I mean... You say it's not money. People are going to always say that, like, oh, happiness is not having a bunch of presents. Well, sometimes you need money just to do things like food or, yeah. like, travel or, you know. Sure, So sure. it just happens to be a pretty low-income uh, holiday for me. But I still spend time with my brother, and we watch movies and stuff. Uh, I watch Spirited, which is that Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds thing. Oh, you know, um, I love Ryan Reynolds, but I can't stand Will Ferrell. How was it? Really? Oh, we liked it. Yeah. Okay, good, um, good. I think All they right. did a really good job where, like, it wasn't – it was song heavy in the beginning, and then it, they they stopped doing singing, which I thought was good. Because oh, it's like, not a musical all the way through. No, it isn't, which is great. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it kind of helped because it's a comedy, really. It's like a right. weird com- comedy. So I really enjoyed that. And then we also watched Eight Bit Christmas. What's it called? Eight Bit. Oh yeah, I saw that last year. It was really funny. Did you guys it's like it? Pretty great. It reminded me of a Christmas story. Very much so. Where there's yeah, a voiceover and everything, and I was like, this is better than it should be. You know, really well yeah, cast really kids good. and stuff. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I was going to save this until the end, but I, we watched uh, Violent Night for our Christmas movie. Have you seen that one? Yeah, let's just put it up at front because I okay. I also watched it. So You want to talk about it now or you want to save it? Yeah, might end? as well. I'm wearing Christmas talk. Okay, just for a moment. We're not going to get too much because yeah. I know we promised people we'd save it for the end. But Violent Night starring, um, what's that guy? Uh, the guy from Stranger Things. What's his name? Oh my goodness. We didn't the look actor. it up and we both watched it. Oh, no, because right before the show, I was like, oh, David Harbour. That's what that it is. Because I was like, oh, I'm never going to forget. It's David Harbour. How could I forget David Harbour? Of course I forgot David Harbour. Jesus Christ. I and, see no better than that. And John Leguizamo and yep. Beverly D'Angelo, which was kind of weird. that shocked me. Uh, my wife was IMDBing it, and she's like, oh, you know who that is? And I looked at her face, and I'm like, is that maybe Beverly D'Angelo, like 50 years later and with too much plastic surgery? Yeah, there's She's a like, little yep. bit of work done, but we don't want to A little too much work, that, yeah. yeah. That was weird, yeah. But uh, anyway, so for people who haven't seen it, this is... 
<laughs> this is like the premise if Santa was real, uh, but he is actually really depressed because Christmas has become very capitalist and consumerist and material, and he's just losing the Christmas spirit because he feels like kids are too greedy and just the, the, the season isn't the same. And what happens is this house full of greedy capitalist assholes gets home invaded by people who want to rob them. And Santa happens to be there at the house when it happens. I'm not going to get all the details, but basically Santa is stuck there. He can't leave. And so he ends up going to save the family. Uh, and this is not about like stern discussions. Like he gets out a fucking hammer and like there's guns and shit. He like impales people, like disembowels. Like it's a bloody fucking movie. Yeah. But God, it was still fun and heartwarming and just really touching and also bloody as fuck. And oh my God, I'm not going to spoil it, but like, the final kill in that movie was like, oh, my God, we were it was almost a standing ovation, dude. It was like way over the top. That was a little bit like Evil Dead, though, or like, oh, man, Dead Alive nice. or something. It was pretty gross. It was but nice. yeah, it was funny, though. And I just thought it was really great. And the thing that I liked best about it was that Santa never stopped being positive. Like he realized he had to kill some fools because sometimes you just got to kill some people. Sometimes you just have to. But he always kept his Christmas spirit. And when he saw the light of love in that little girl's eyes that he wanted to save and he kept his, you know, his eyes on the prize and things worked out. They didn't lose hope and everything. And at the end, it all worked out. And that was a really good Christmas message. And sometimes, I guess, to get that Christmas message, you got to kill like 50 terrorists in a really bloody way. And that's yeah, okay. I you guess. have to kill that's a bunch fine. of bad guys. Yeah, that's um, fine. Well, I will say this too. I, I did enjoy it as well. And um, I thought, um, I think they could have done with a little bit less of the gore violence because sometimes it just felt like misplaced. Like oh, man. No, I was like, you were into it. Okay. This was good. This was for fine. me. I was just like, some face was burning and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need that. But, oh dude, that was, so, that was so good. When he did it was that. kind of funny, but here's the thing. Funny. It's what you were saying, describing is, is David Harbour basically being what David Harbour does best, like in stranger things specifically, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, okay, we're gonna have to do some bad stuff, but there's still like a moment of him crying and a moment of him like heartfelt moment with 11 or something, you know? So he does that juxtaposition really well of like, okay, let's go kick some ass. And also I have humanity in me, you know, and I want to see the best things in in people, which is what this version of Santa wanted to do. So yeah. Slight slight tangent here, slight tangent. Yeah. I was surprised too. Slight tangent. I think you bring up a really good point, Carlos, that I want to kind of underline. This is totally nothing to do with anything. This is like a totally like political real world thing, but like, Seeing David Harbour in this movie and also um, in Glass Onion, maybe we can talk about at the end. Um, the thing that I'm seeing more crop up a little bit more these days is the realization that you can be a good person who has a heart and cares for others and still do things that could be potentially violent if it is in service of something good. Mm. Like we have in America, I don't know if you notice it. This is a larger conversation. This is a different podcast. But basically, we have been taught on the left that you can't be violent under any circumstance you can't even defend yourself um and i just don't think that's really true i don't think that's real and i think that there are bad people in the world that sometimes the only thing they listen to is force and it doesn't make you an evil person doesn't make you a bad person to defend the ones that you love and defend yourself yeah and to take care of things we need to get out of that that mindset because it's letting the right take over and that's exactly what we're seeing we saw that in glass onion which maybe we'll talk about later and we saw david harbour who is fucking santa claus who's like you know what I'm motherfucking Santa Claus. I'm one of the best guys in the whole world, and I'm still going to kill some fools because that's what needs to be done. What? Amen, brother. And Amen. because there was a list, and those people were bad on it, right? Like, Absolutely. They were that like, list oh. was awesome. And yes. the list actually showed, if you looked at it really quickly, it showed what they did. You know, it was like killed partner or like did no, all these totally. terrible yes, exactly. things. You know, like, Kicked oh. puppies and shit. Yes. Yeah, that's why that person's bad. So I, I, I agree. I think um, it doesn't have to be like violent force either. It could be like actual word force. Because sure. I think Standing what you're- up. 
what you're talking about is yeah, standing up for yourself, and yeah, that has to happen more. But let's talk about housekeeping and other video game let's stuff. Let's talk about and we'll housekeeping talk about and other, other things stuff. like that later. But I enjoyed All it. All right, we're going to get to more of that stuff at the end of the show, as we do. All right, Carlos, uh, I only have a couple of things. How much do you got for housekeeping today? I have all the boxes. Got all the boxes. Okay, yeah. you got a bunch of boxes you didn't open for Christmas, leftover Christmas yes. housekeeping stuff. All right, uh, why don't you hit it? I'll just do my two at the end then. Well, speaking of Christmas, I did see that video. I'm not sure if you saw it going around the internet of the kid crying when he got an Xbox Series X. No, I did not see that. Okay, it's going on around everywhere. But like, I don't think it was explained. Maybe I didn't do the research to see what he was crying about. But so many people, as soon as he opened it, he's crying. It doesn't appear he's crying like the tears of joy. Like that happens all the time. Is he mad because he wanted a PS5 or something? Yeah, it's confusing because, but then he has, I think, pajamas that are Xbox. So people are like, oh, he's just so happy he got it. But it doesn't appear so. He's like, it just, it's weird. It's hard to. It's uh, like a grief, sad cry or something. Yeah, it's, it's hard to determine what he's crying for. But so everyone was just like immediately going like, oh, he wanted a PS5 and stuff. But I kind of, I sprang it up because it's like. I don't know. It's just funny because, like, um, it kind of goes in line with some of the stuff with, like, you know, no first party titles for Xbox. Oh, my God. I'm throwing it to there. Yes, I'm throwing it to there. Oh, my God. He's like, I didn't want Xbox because there's no games for it. Okay. I said it. That's all. We're moving on. What's your next box, dude? (laughs) Not even going to dignify that. You're not even going to dignify that for that. Or or edit out of the podcast. Um, I did see this uh, game on demos. So PS5 has demos finally in a separate section. Have you oh, seen good. that? No, I haven't been on lately, but uh, no, tell me about it. It took forever for them to get it. but So I went through there just to see if I hadn't played some, and I hadn't played this one called Tuesday Morning. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think I've even heard of it. So it's an indie game. It looks pixelated graphics, kind of like PS1 era, which I know you already hate, I'm guessing. Uh, it depends. I mean, not my not my go to, but I mean, I guess I could be convinced. You know, like, and I'm with you in the fact that like you don't have to go back to old graphics just because it's an old game. You know, but I'm Google um, this. Keep talking. Keep talking. But either way, it's raining. It's um, it's like an action third person uh, adventure game, like kind of RPG elements. You have a sword. You fight guys. But it has such a great mood. What is it called Tuesday morning? What? Yeah, it's such a great mood because you like wake up in this post apocalyptic kind of setting. And again, it's PS1 era graphics, but a little bit better. You have a dog and you have to go out and find food for your dog. So you're doing that. And then you see all these like police state, basically, like the police have taken over the city and um, there's just stuff going on. You're trying to figure it out. Like people don't have enough medicine, but then you do combat and it's like really fun and stuff. So I don't know. It's like a really weird game that came out of nowhere, uh, not on either of our radars, but it's in the demo section on PS5. And Weird. Again, it's called Tuesday Morning, so people just check it out because I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, you said the title, and then you said it was like a retro title. I was thinking, you know, indie shoegazing kind of title, dialogue. Maybe it's like a story. Oh, no. It's like hack and slash combat with post-apocalyptic and, a, and dog food. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> you threw me I know. for a real loop there, man. Threw me for a loop, too. I don't understand it. I have no no clue, but I will definitely look it up. I don't even know what this is, so I'll check it Just out. Just check it out. The other couple of things, game-wise, is Broken Roads uh, looks amazing, and it looks like the original Fallout mixed with Disco Elysium. I'm going to look this up. Keep talking. Broken Roads. Um, is this on PS also? I don't know where that's coming. I don't. It, okay. it just I just saw like a trailer, but I had to tell people about it because ooh, that looks nice. It looks yeah. just like Up Our Alley. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This looks good. People who listen to our podcast probably would like it. And it, you also have a moral compass in the game. 
Um, and they mine said, points north. Yeah. Okay. Broken road. Check that out. <laughs> Wait. Mine not even points a, north. Not even a chuckle on that one. Yikes. <laughs> well, because I thought you were saying that's the name of the developer. No, no, no. You said you have a moral compass. I said and a compass, and I said, yeah, mine points north. Like it was oh, a compass joke. Oh, I thought you said mine points north, like M I N D. And that was oh, the name no. of the developer. No, that would be a weird. No, I mean that's an okay name for a studio, but it no, is it, not bad. It was a, just a bad, bad compass joke. I apologize. Oh, I guess everybody. it was because I missed it. Uh, Broken Road, check that out. Tuesday morning, check that out. And also because someone, oh my goodness, who mentioned it? Uh, Risk of Rain recently. Oh yeah, it was. Oh man, I know I shouldn't have even. I wrote it down. Hold on, I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. But anyways, someone from the, listening to the show mentioned Risk of Rain and us playing it. Or Risk of Rain oh, 2, I believe. You're such assholes. It's okay. I'm bringing it up because they just got announced that Risk of Rain, the original, is getting an enhanced version on uh, 2023, so next year. Ugh, man. You know, just just to pause on that for a moment. Uh, number one, I got I got to apologize to who it was that brought up Risk of Rain because it's totally slipping my mind right now. Um, but uh, Risk of Rain, the original game, is it, did you ever play it, the first one? I did, and I can't remember if I liked it or not. I, I really man, what a... It is a wildly different game than Risk of Rain 2. I mean, number one, just because the first one, 2D pixel-based, uh, kind of a platformy sort of a thing, uh, and the, the Risk of Rain 2 is like 3D open world, like totally different. I mean, same core basic concepts, but man, Risk of Rain 1 is really broken, and it's really unfair and really way too hard, and I, I beat it, um, but it was like one of those sheer freaks of luck where you just happen to get the right items on a roguelike run, and you just, you know... Every like all the stars aligned and it fell into place and I actually mm. ended up beating it and it was like my second run ever um, and I went back and tried it again and I didn't get anywhere near as close any other time after that so I feel like the game is like at the time I played it really wildly unbalanced I don't know that I would ever want to come back to it but maybe well maybe if they fix it that's what I'm saying the the, the trailer looked like good uh, with you know maybe new content and enhanced version and maybe. They obviously worked on that kind of stuff. Man, so file down them difficulty spikes. I decided to bring it up because someone on the show liked uh, us playing the second one. So I was like, "Well, there's the first one." Yes, um, and so we are going to play that second one. I can't believe I forgot who said it. We was. will. Yeah, yes, we will. We'll find it. Um, and I have. I guess I thought I had a lot more boxes than I do, but I don't have that many boxes. I just have one more. Do you have a few? Uh, I just have two, and I also just realized I forgot to do the opening. Boy, we're off our game this week. We I didn't do the, the opening. opening. Yeah, we didn't explain to people that you and I share. Oh, we're in a house. Come on. Yeah, divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. We didn't. I say that every week, and I forgot to say it this week. It's housekeeping. We're we're oh recording on a Tuesday, right? So it's we're the all whole, off. The whole thing. The fucking holiday holidays, man. It's the holidays. Holidays got me whacked. Yeah, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. Okay, so just a couple things here. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, former game critics writer John Vanderhoof, who is a great guy, great writer, one of my best writers, and I'm still bitter that he left to go on to greener pastures uh i guess has become something of an indie game creator i didn't really even realize this until recently and i felt kind of embarrassed that i didn't know uh but i think he's made something like i don't know like 20 indie games or something ridiculous like that um so i'm gonna have to track all those down he just came out with a new one it's called orbody o-r-e-b-o-d-y i haven't played it myself but i took a look at some screenshots and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Mega Man. kind of seems like a I don't know, like a 8-bit throwback kind of platformy actiony thing. Now, did you have a chance to play this, Carlos? Yeah, I checked it out and you're totally right. Like Mega Man in the way that it shoots, like the character shoots okay. and he's like a little robot. Yeah. Um and you run and gun, but it also reminds me of Ninja Gaiden, like the original. Ooh, in what way? Uh, you know, just like the graphics and like there's you're in a forest and like 
you know, you're platforming. It just feels like old NES games, basically. Are there fucking birds that knock you off of every oh, goddamn platform? I don't think I met any birds yet. Um, fuck those Ninja Gaiden birds. Fuck them. Fuck. Well, basically, have we talked about this on the show? I'm not sure. Qu- real quick tangent. Fuck all birds in video games. <laughs> in every single game, including Hawks, they will come out of nowhere and they'll knock you off a ledge. They'll fucking kill you. I hate birds in games. Yeah, it sucks. It totally fucking sucks. And Ninja Gaiden was the worst. I mean, they're always bad. I mean, I agree with you. Fuck all birds in games. Real birds are okay. Yes. But man, in that game specifically, oh, I wanted to kick those developers in the fucking nuts because so it was yeah. so shitty. Anyway. And the right, exactly the right time. You're like on a branch or something mm-hmm, and they come by. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. So this is basically like a, a robot, kind of Wally situation. Um, like the cutscene in the beginning is like you, you're the owner or the your maker of your yourself, like, you know, your robot maker is mm-hmm. gone. And so now you're just by yourself and you got to like figure things out. So I like the kind of concept of the story. The, the biggest problem for me is just I, if I get to NES old school NES platformers, I just suck. Like I'm just like bad at it. So it's got the old school difficulty as well then. Yeah. It felt like that because uh, the other thing is I remember when I'm playing these kind of games, I get flashbacks of like just eating shit as a kid. Yeah. And yeah. I go, and it's almost like I have like trauma from that time. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Because there's so many games that just could never be. And I was like, I just felt bad about myself, especially when, Oh, I just thought about this. When you spend a lot of money and as a kid on a We're game, having a breakthrough right here. Breakthrough time. This is psychological breakthrough. And you go, I spent $50 of all my, you know, paper, um, paper route money, which none of you kids understand. Extremely hard earned money. Hard earned money. Got chased by dogs. And now I can't get pa- past stage two. Yep. So I think that's what happens to me is I get oh, these kind yeah. of trauma moments. But um, I do like the setup of being a robot. And um, that's what it is, basically. All right. Well, so John Vanderhoef, V-A-N-D-E-R-H-O-E-F. I don't know what his, his like studio name is, but you can look up Orbody, O-R-E-B-O-D-Y on Steam. He's got like 19 other games. I'm sure it's probably on itch as well. He's a great guy, great writer. You can look up his old reviews at Game Critics, and he's out and about in the real world doing other non-Game Critics stuff. I wish him nothing but the best. Wonderful man. Um, so check out Orbody if you get a chance. Oh, Orbody and, Binder's Tale, by the way, is the full name oh, of it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, for that. and his development name is just Orbody Inc. Okay, excellent. Uh, and I only have one other piece of housekeeping. You got anything else, Carlos, or should I do my last piece here? Oh, the, the last piece I have is uh, because it was Christmas, I did play a bunch of like random Christmas games that we aren't probably going to talk about. I just kind of randomly pick some up. But one of them I will say is Krampus mm. Kills. Nice. Uh, because I had to play a game with Krampus in it. Um, I think I was played it on PlayStation or Xbox. I can't remember. Oh, I played it on Xbox, actually. I played it on Xbox. There you go. It's the best place to play games. I didn't cry at all. I was very happy. <laughs> didn't cry at all. Um, right. That's a good title, actually. I'm going to put that one And down. that's a good review for the game, right? I played the game. <laughs> I didn't cry at all. Oh, you're going to name the title of this podcast. That's good. Yep. So anyways, basically, uh, the biggest problem I had was they wanted you to click and hold for running, you know, that oh, bullshit. no, no, But no. I tricked it. I went into the remap controls, and I picked no button for running, and so I just ran all the time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I tricked it. Anyway, so after I did that, it's basically kind of like a mixture of hide-and-seek horror game and then uh, Doom. So, Is it third person, first person? Um, first person. And at times you're hiding, right, from Krampus because he mm-hmm. can't really be killed. He can just be sure. stunned. Sure. And then sometimes you're just killing monsters and you feel like it's doom and it's like fun. So it's kind of a weird mixture. Like I would take out a bunch of little goblins 
and do some light puzzling and whatever, and then get to this area, and then Krampus would show up, and you know the music changes, and you basically have to run or stun him. You have a stun gun, and then you go on and fight monsters again. But I was like, for a little cheap title, it wasn't bad. I kind of had like five bucks or something. Yeah, or? it was really cheap. All right. So Krampus kills. I don't know. It's not the Christmas time anymore, but if you want to check it out, Krampus stuff is always fine. It's yeah, around. yeah, it's yeah. Okay. And then one more uh, box for you. Yeah, yeah. Just one more box. We got an email from Andreas Tang who is a longtime friend uh, and also listener of the show, a uh, longtime game critic reader, one of my favorite people. Uh, and he says he got, he sent us a very brief uh, email or maybe it was a DM. I don't know, whatever. He says, Hey Brad, how about you and Carlos make an episode or even just a section about your favorite bedtime games as in relaxing slow paced ones. That'll put you to sleep. For example, uh, things that come to my mind are coffee, talk journey, Hitman. I don't know where Hitman's coming from. Mutazione, et cetera, et cetera. I've been on the lookout for those recently. Um, so apart from Hitman, which kind of threw me for a loop, I'm definitely, I, I, I get what he's saying about the rest of them. Uh, what do you think, Carlos? Can we do a bedtime section at some point? Yeah, we can. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head right now. Like recently, I think mine has been Soccer Story. Okay, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's Because nice. there's like nice literally one. like no, um, you know, uh, if I can't fail, basically, <clears> right? I just like have fun and play and I get further or whatever. So hang on a minute. Was it Greg Killmaster that played risk of rain two? Was that it? That's what sounds it was, right. It? Cause I think I said something like Killmaster. I feel like it was Greg Killmaster. We'll Killmaster. I apologize, my friend. Uh, I believe that was you that said risk of rain two. And yes, Andreas Tang and the bedtime games. Yeah. I'll come up with something. Uh, we can do, put a little list together. The thing that leaps to mind for me, I mean, I have a bunch, but the one that my, my number one go to of all time is usually Picross. I, I play that. Oh one yeah. Yeah. I can usually get through like maybe like two and then it's time for bed. So <laughs> those are pretty reliable for me. Well, we'll get to this at the end of the show. I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. There's a game that I'll talk about at the end of the show that a mode of it, which you know what I'm talking about, a version oh, of yes. or oh, a yes. mode in the game is something I've been playing before I go to bed. So interesting. Interesting. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. I got no more housekeeping. How about you? Let's get into games. Let's get into the main content of the show. Plenty of stuff to talk about. And actually a couple things I'm actually really excited to talk about. So this is going to be a good show today. Uh, Carlos, let's kick it off with you with The Feast. Now, before we get started, this is a PC game, story-oriented. But also, I believe that you and I had a little bit of confusion because I think there's also another small story-oriented PC game also called The Feast, right? Yes, and that's what I originally thought it was. And it's more of like, um, uh, you know, run and gun, shoot, uh, try to escape, like you think of, um, what's that one movie we both watched and we talked about in the show? But there's a, a movie where, like, you know, people hunt other people. Oh, dude, that's like every movie these days. Man. Well, yeah. Anyways, I thought it, th- that game is like that, right? There's a game that's like that. I don't know. I didn't play either one, but I thought I thought we were going to talk about the original one. But then I'm like, oh, no, wait, there's actually another one in kind of the same basket, sort of. And it's also called The Feast. So we are talking about the most recent one, which just came out. Like this month or last month? So. Yeah. And 2022. They're not anything like each other at all. So okay. the thing is, the other one was more of a run and gun shooting and, you know, weird, messed up idea that someone's coming after you, you know. I, okay. So but, maybe there's three then because the one I'm thinking of had peop- had anthropomorphized animals. Oh. They were also having a dinner. What? And it was also like a spooky, creepy game. And that one was pretty much called The Feast, I think. There's three then. Okay. This there might is, be three. This is by uh, the developer's name Sever. It's a very short game. It's basically like 30 or 40 minutes long. Oh, that's very short. Wow. Yeah. And you just play through it. And um, it's right now. Oh, it's currently now free. 
Oh, snap. It's on free. Steam. Okay. Um, but then they give you um, DLC, so you can buy DLC. And I didn't notice that till just now. Um, interesting. I wonder what that DLC. I is. mean, that's a good. That's a good deal. That's like the total like uh, drug dealer model. You get the first taste for yeah. free, and if you want more, you got to come back and pay. Or another game that we'll be talking about at the end of the show. <laughs> oh snap! Very okay. much so. So, anyways, uh, let me tell you about the feast real quick, uh, and I won't spoil anything because it's such a short game. Right, that's like three sentences long, man. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, because I didn't know what it was going into it, because I again watched the other trailer, very very confused. It's 2D, you know, that 3D looking models, but on 2D plane. Gotcha. Walk into a room. I can say one thing that will get you into the game. Okay. That you walk into the room, there's a dinner going on. Um, you are shocked by something that's on the or near the table that's okay. pretty grotesque and pretty is it intense. A family member? I'm not going to say what it is. It's, okay, it's cool. It is. <laughs> but it's something that you're like, what the fuck? And then everybody in the room, none of them want to talk about it. Oh, I see. I get the theme. I see what well, you're no, doing. No, you here. don't actually get the theme. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because what the game's really about, which is the selling point I'd say now, it's about uh, like how you deal with other people. So, okay. um yeah, I don't want to give it away. So basically that's the setup. But then you can talk to everybody and you can inspect items in the room, you know, what I mean, you can try to do things like you can try to leave and there's different things you can do and then you get different outcomes. And I I probably got the worst outcome because uh, I don't like rules um, and I don't like <laughs> confinement. And I did not play the game like probably how it wanted me to play it. You always do that, though. You always like you go the opposite way. And whenever the game is trying to nudge you, you always yes. do the other thing. Yeah, yes. I sure did. Uh, but I liked Manding and um, and it was really, really kind of a downer. But I did like it. So, yeah, that's what this is. It's like you go in. And make choices and talk to people. And it's really talking about society as well and like how okay. we inter interact with other humans. So it was way more heady than I thought it was going to be because I thought I was going in for an action game. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's a weird, bizarre family dinner. And go check it out. It's I mean, free. that sounds great, actually. Like a little, I mean, I'm up for short games. I love indie games. And this seems like something pretty different. Uh, and if it's free, I mean, dude, how can you say no to free? Like, check that out. And I mean, it sounds like a gift. Yeah, that the developer is giving to us. Uh, do you do you know at all what the DLC is? It's just like more story content or something. It just or different... says right here. I'm looking at content for this game. Uh, digital goods pack, and then tip the developers. Okay, so maybe if you want to just kick them a fiver or something, if you liked what they, I do that sometimes. Where oh yeah, yeah, we're like you know you, they give you something small or free, and then there's an option to just uh, you know hey I really like what you did, and I feel like this had value to me. Here's two, three, five, whatever bucks, and I think that's a pretty. Pretty goddamn decent thing to do. Oh, and they give you like wallpapers and a bunch of other like random stuff and a poster right and stuff. So yeah. Sure, sure. But anyway, check it out. Check that out. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds fun. I want to do that. Uh, okay, let me talk about it. Wavetail for a second. Oh, we I about remember this. this. Yeah, you brought this to the show, I don't know, a couple episodes ago maybe. I don't remember exactly when it was. This is coming to us from Thunderful, and this is a, I don't know, 3D... I don't want to, I mean, it is a platformer. There's a lot of platforming, but it's also like a, I don't know, skimming across the water game because you do a lot of skimming across the water. Uh, this is the one where you're in a post-apocalyptic world, lots of fog, and something happens at the beginning of the game where you meet like, I don't know, like a doppelganger or something that lives underneath the water. And so you don't like swim in water. You put your feet on top of the water and and the the thing in the water is the mirror image of you. So it puts its foot where your foot goes. So it almost looks like you're looking at a reflection. Yeah. But that thing is keeping you above the water and you can skim across the water. Surf. Uh, 
surf yeah, yeah. What, you know do that whole thing go really quickly across the water do some jumps and everything and then when you get to an island lots of little islands there's all these little platforming challenges uh where you go high up and double jump and glide and uh all sorts of platforming type action how far did you uh get in this game carlos did you finish it or what i do didn't with it? finish it now after you hear you talk about it, i'll probably go back and finish it because i got i mean there's a lot of islands you go to yeah i'm trying to remember how many i went to but like i don't know like eight seven or eight islands i went to and kind of okay. did all the missions on them because there's all these side missions in the game too yeah, yeah so i did a fuck ton and i pushed the story along but i probably have like another half of the game to go okay okay i i you know i liked it at first the first maybe like half an hour i was like oh this is kind of delightful it's really colorful it's really light really kind of just poppy and kind of moves along um but I got to say, I noped out of it pretty quickly because I just didn't feel like there was any substance there. Um, I, I, I mean, it seems to me if there's a weird doppelganger underneath the water and it lifts you up and it becomes your vehicle, like, I feel like you should talk about that more. Like, I feel like it's more of a thing. And they like really quickly move on from it. I'm sure they're going to get into it later in the game or something. But like, it just seemed really weird that we weren't doing more with that weird creature which seems to be such a huge part of the game like we weren't talking about it mm. there were no real challenges that were associated with it like there was no real getting to know you period it's not like a friend it's just like a it just enables you to move across the water it's like treated as just like a power that you have yeah which was really weird i've uh, that kind of missed for me i was like this is strange uh, I feel like we should spend some more time in the water, buddy. And we just totally didn't. Wait, wait, to Maybe that later. to that point, you're totally yeah. right. I didn't bring that up the first time. I tried to explain uh, that whole idea like you just did. And it is weird because it's like a reflection person. Um, and they're like perfectly where you are. Like that'd be hard to do, you know, unless they were yeah. super magical, <clears throat> I guess. But what they could have done is they could have, because it doesn't really add anything. They could have just had you be a surfer right yeah and then you're just doing the surfing and at some point you do meet a creature under the water and maybe that thing does happen and gives you more abilities or something but you're right it doesn't serve any purpose in the beginning if anything it's a distraction because i actually did like the little side quest with grandma and stuff you know and uh, yeah and i just like the world building they did with those characters so i just kind of like wanted to do that stuff and not be thinking about that weird it creature. Was- yeah, you're exactly right, dude. It's so weird because you look at the trailer and you look at the story and you're like, oh, obviously this is going to be a game about me having a relationship with this water creature. Nope. It's a fucking glorified surfboard. Like like she might as well have had water shoes or yeah, a boogie yeah. board or even nothing. She could have just skated across on her feet. I wouldn't even have blinked at it. Um, but they make this creature there and it just it has nothing to do with anything uh, at least in the parts that I played. I mean, maybe it comes in late game. It doesn't sound like you saw anything either, and you're much further than me. Yeah. So that was bizarre. That really threw me for a loop. Um, but then we got to the actual gameplay. It seems like most of the game is not even the water. Like, you're just... as far. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like the water is just to get to point A to point B. Like, there wasn't really anything going on in the water. Well, like you just collect stuff. Um, because yeah. when you do those super jumps in the water, you can get up to different areas that aren't, sure. that aren't the main maps. There's, like, these little right. things in the, in, this, in the water. Yeah. Yeah, there's jumps, there's ramps, water ramps and stuff. But it's just like to pick up these doodads and I'm like, why am I even doing this? It seems so strange that you created this creature, you gave this movement thing, we're in the water, but all I'm really doing is going from island to island. Like there's really nothing worthwhile happening in the water other than picking up doodads. Yeah. And then when you get to the islands, I mean, that was okay. Like, you know, the platforming is fine. But like really quickly, I got kind of bored of it because um, it was just... Real simple, basic platforming. It feels okay, 
but I wasn't really invested in the character. I wasn't really invested in the story or action at that point. And then, you know, I get to one of the islands and it's like, oh, I need to find three hammers. I got to find four spools of wire. And I'm like, oh, my God, I couldn't care less about this. It just um, I just it just failed to connect with me on any level. It just felt kind of like a couple good ideas that didn't come together quite well enough. And then if you like the platforming, I felt like it felt fine in my hands and it's cute enough. But I just it did not grab me mentally. I just did not feel any pull to come back to it once I put it down. I'll, I'll do the positive spin like I often do. And I'll sure. say that two things that I did like about it, because you're not totally wrong on a lot of that stuff, but um, they have that element of gameplay that's like the gunk where you actually like get rid of stuff too. Yeah, you're cleaning up little clouds of, of darkness or Dark something. Dark stuff, yeah. yeah. And uh, I that mixed with the platforming, which I think you know we both can agree they did well. It is pretty good. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's that it's that perfect uh, thing we always talk about in the show is if right place, right time. If you're in the mood for that, like sometimes I just want to play Super Lucky's Tale, right? Like I just yeah. I'm vibing yeah. on that. Um, that's what was doing it for me that one time because I played it for like a week straight, and it was just kind of what I wanted. Pick up stuff. I wanted to pick up hammers. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So I think that that's what this game really is. It, it vibes on that kind of feeling. And again, the gameplay feels really fun. And when you're in the water, it feels really fun. It doesn't make much sense with that monster person, but it doesn't have to, you know. So I think that's what it is. It's kind of a relaxing thing, but it does say something that I didn't go back and beat it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to Andy Robertson uh, from TamingGaming.com and the Family Gaming Database. Love Andy. He's a great guy. And he was the one that uh, I put out a call a couple days ago saying, hey, uh, I'm prepping my GOTY coverage, which we're going to be doing very next episode. And I was asking for people to, you know, hey, what have I missed? Anything I got to hit? Anything you feel like I should take a look at? And he threw this one out to me. And I understand why he picked it, right? With his focus on family gaming, I think this would be a great title for um, a younger child or like a family game. Um, and, and again, like if you're in the mood, th- I'm not saying this is a childish game or anything like that. I'm just saying it didn't it didn't do what I was looking for. And that's totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. But I could easily see like a younger kid getting into this or like a parent and child playing together or just having a good time, like really light, li- breezy, colorful. And, and if you're in the mood, I think I could see how that would hit. But uh, so anyway, thanks to Andy Robertson for suggesting this. It didn't click with me and that's no big deal, but I'm glad I took a look at it. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there that would like it, even though it wasn't quite right for me right now. Right. Also on that family angle. Yeah. Your, your grandma's in the game, you know, and there's yeah. a kind of familial connection there. Yeah. Yep. Also, it's on Xbox Game Pass right now. Oh, good. Xbox. There I you think go. it just right got on. it. Yeah. Right on. Excellent. Okay. So that was Wavetail. Uh, there you go. Uh, let's turn it over to you, Carlos. This is hilarious because we're, you're going to be talking about Last Hero of Nostalgia. Uh-huh. And for a long time, I thought it was nostalgia because I read it wrong. Yeah. Um, this is a 3D Souls-like with some weird aspects to it. I'll let you elaborate on that. I brought you to the show a couple months ago uh, when I was in the mood for a Souls-like. And man, I bounced off this one so hard. <sighs> I, I hit some stumbling blocks in the beginning and I just was like, I was so annoyed with it. I just didn't even want to bother. So uh, I'm sure you probably got farther than I did. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about Last Hero of Nostalgia. Yeah, I hate the name. I got to I gotta admit it. The Nostalgia. It's a shitty name. Yeah, it's a because shitty name. Just make it Last Hero of Nostalgia. Like, it's fine. That because, would make way more sense. Because the main character, like we talked about last time, is a pixel, like a uh, line figure, you know, just yes. like white Stick lines. Figure. Stick yeah. figure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So nostalgia, get it? Yeah, it's nostalgia, nostalgia of games. Got it? It bothered me every time because the, there's a narrator and they say nostalgia, and I'm like, just don't. Yeah, it's so. Dumb. Anyways, put that aside. I wanted to, you know, I was in the mood for um, 
I don't know how or why, but sometimes nowadays I'm in the mood for a Souls-like. Oh, Crazy. you've been infected, bro. You're converted. I'm infected by a couple things, which the game at the end of the show we'll talk about. Um, you know, and sometimes it's totally I get fatigued for it, but just in that moment, in the right place, right time, I wanted to some sort of Souls-like game. I like the idea of comedy in my games because I just finished High on Life, which if you do comedy in games, it can be really great. Yeah, I remember you saying a bunch of bad things about this game. So, oh, I hated it, man. I wanted to get it. the alternative a perspective, and it was on sale or something too. So, um, so yeah, what is this game? Is the Souls like? But you play as a stick figure, but all the um, actual kind of armor and weapons and stuff are like two D, but they're more three D looking. They're not just all stick weapons. Yeah. So yeah. the world itself is kind of a mixture of three D, um, you know, regular looking graphics, but also some pixelated graphics too. Because the story is the whole land is like, you know, turning into pixels. It's turning back into the old school version of graphics. There's and, so, so can you clarify real quickly? I didn't get yeah. far enough. Maybe you know, but like it seems like you're in some kind of a virtual world because your guy is pixely and they talk about like data streams and they talk about like it just seemed like they were trying to do a riff off of like, oh, we're living we're a living video game and we're 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 devolving into our eight bit form or something. Is that kind of what was going on? Cause that's what it seemed like. You know, they don't um, talk about it enough for it to be important. Like okay. I played a lot of the game and it's just really about being an RPG type game. So like game. And yeah, the fact is that you are an old school character like graphic wise. Yes. And that's ruining the world. So what the world is, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. In the beginning when you respawn it, it shows the, like, a command prompt, you know, making exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. But they don't really go into that besides that. It's just like, you're in a video game world. This video game world is breaking down, you know, into like old school graphics. Okay. And so that's it. And so, yeah, you, in general, you're playing like kind of a, a game that looks like kind of modern and then also kind of old school pixely. Yeah. And they do a lot of, you know, in quotes, jokes um, about like NPCs and, you know, that nod to the fact like breaking the fourth wall stuff yes exactly um so to your point um a lot of it's done badly like (laughs) like you know you can do a joke but then like a lot of them are so on the nose and so like we get it you know this is like the npc hideout area now there's npcs in there and they're bad guys um so parts of it i thought were okay lots of what were kind of cringe um and then the souls like game like you mentioned uh the gameplay is a hundred percent just Dark Souls. Like that's it. Like there's yeah. not. There's. I think we talked about it last time. Is there copying or is there like homage? And this is like just straight up copying, right? Because like there's smoke that comes out of the the boss levels, you know. Oh, the fog door. The fog and door yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So they do pretty much everything like that. But then again, I wanted to play through it to see if I could get to more funny or more breaking the fourth wall stuff that would be, would be interesting. And also because you start as a, a stick figure, I was hoping, and maybe still, um, that you'll like become a real character. You know, I mean, that's point. what I was expecting too. Yeah, but I'm here to say it doesn't happen very like soon because basically right now I'm still a stick figure, but with like a full armor set. <laughs> um, so I'm like sick underneath it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did. I did like the fact that because I got pretty far. I don't know if you beat the first boss, but I did. Oh, no, dude. I got stuck hella early. Let okay. me ask you this really quickly. Yeah. I remember because I got really, really frustrated. I, I noped out of this very fast because what happened was um, I got to the beginning. I killed a couple dudes, got through the opening tutorial, got to like the the hub, which was supposed to be 
uh, is basically a copy of the hub from the first Dark Souls. Yep. Um, I mm-hmm. forget what it's called, but it's basically just like a, a full-on copy of that. There's a guy there that says, um, oh, you need to look at the lore on your sword. That's what you got to do. And then you look at lore on your sword and it says, oh, this sword was used to stab an old guy and you're standing in front of an old guy and then you can't stab him. And it's like, it's, I was like, you, you literally told me to do this. I'm looking at the thing. I'm trying to use it. It doesn't work. And I couldn't get past that part. Oh, I'm like, that. I remember now. And I got now. stuck. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't progress past that part because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You, you gave me a straight up like obvious clue. The clue doesn't work. And there was nowhere else I could go. Like everything else was locked oh off. My goodness. I got stuck. You didn't get anywhere then. Okay, so. Yeah, it's like five minutes into the game. That that thing, which not, it's not five minutes because you still have to go through the whole tutorial like 10, area. 10, 15 at And most then you get something. out of the tutorial area and then you just open to the kind of almost Elden Ring kind of real exactly. world. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And that's right there is where that happens. Yes. Well, anyways, you don't have to stab the old guy. It's not about that. What that was trying to tell you and was the one thing I kind of like about this game. And by the way, unique. Uh, unless you're going to tell me this happens in Souls games, then, then <laughs> I'll, I'll take back my statement. We'll but what what that was saying is that when you you get certain items in the game, you go into the menu and you remember, you try to remember, because you don't know why, why you're a stick figure and why you're mm-hmm. ruining the whole world. But um, Which, by the way, the narrator does get annoying because he just hates you so much. The narrator like, doesn't want you to be around. And it's all your fault that the world's devolving, by the way, just as a side note. Right. Anyway, so you find that thing, that sword or whatever, and I don't remember it saying that you kill the old man with it, but um, you're supposed to go in the menu and you remember. And once you remember, it's like a button press. Mm-hmm. You hold the button down. Then it gives you XP and gives you like all these stat bonuses. And, the, I, and, and it gives you a story piece in the, in I, the menu. That was, that was completely not clear. I got stuck at that part. Okay. I couldn't figure out what they wanted me to do. And because I didn't figure that out, I couldn't go to any other part of the game. So I was like, I was like, look, man, if I get stuck this soon in the game, I'm going to get stuck later on. You guys are not instilling me the confidence here. So I was okay. like, I took that as my cue to leave. Alternative, alternative take. After you figure that out, if you do, and if you get stuck, then you get stuck, yes. But um, there's no more stuck points. If anything, it's just like you get stuck at a boss because it's like Souls-like game. Right, but right. that mechanic is actually pretty cool because what happens is when you go around the world, if you check in your inventory when you're in a certain spot, if your item is vibrating or like kind of shaking around, it means you can remember something from it. But it's only in certain parts parts on the map. Gotcha. Which gotcha. is really kind of inventive and weird. I don't know. I've never I don't think that. any other game that I've played does that. So that right. does sound like a unique take on it. Yeah. And so then when you remember it, you don't even have to equip it. You just remember it. It gives you a story beat, which is interesting. It tells you about the world. And then you get XP and like you could kind of like a, a stat bonus. Hmm. So anyways, I was doing that. And later on, you know, I, I found my first boss. I found the guy just like in Souls where you're not supposed to fight him. You're not supposed to run from him. Sure. Um, Oh, then the thing I said earlier didn't really resonate with you, but there's an there's an NPC like area where it's just like you have to get a key and find a key, and when you finally open the key, uh, the door, it's like this is like the back room to the game, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's like bad guys in there and stuff. So I don't know. There's like moments of like funny kind of, and there's uh, the gameplay weirdly enough just feels a hundred percent like Dark Souls, and then just as hard. But you can also like kill a bunch of little guys and like just upgrade yourself like near a in quotes bonfire and just get yourself like stats up, you know what I mean? And then go back to fight the boss. So I did that, beat the first boss, got to the next area and I'm okay. Like it just feels like a Souls game now. Like there's interesting. Yeah. And then like every once in a while you get like some comedy, 
So I can't say anything negative about it because I thought I would just hate it based on what you said. But if anything, I'm like, it's fitting the bill if I want some souls right now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough to do that because we live in a post Elden Ring world. And so anybody that wants to step to that has to kind of up the bar a little bit or at least be in the same ballpark. And so, um, I mean, I'll talk about something in a second that I, I wasn't expecting. But yeah, I just it just man, it just hit me wrong. Like the jokes weren't funny. I didn't think the tutorial was clear enough. I got stuck. Like you said, that thing is like 15 minutes in the in the game. It's like it's just not clear. Uh, I don't know how you figured it out. I got so stuck and I was just like, fuck it. Like it just, I didn't need another, like also ran souls when I had just finished Elden Ring. So I was like, forget well, it. yeah. And I'll say this though. Again, Elden Ring is the open world version. This is the kind of like small rooms. Yeah. The whatever. smaller, closer to dark souls original. Yeah. Yes. And the only reason I'm going to probably keep playing it is because, um, you know, it's that thing of like, if I can try to find some comedy in a game, I sure. love it. It's like my, I'm addicted to that. So it seems like there's some stuff that could be really cool. Again, could be where like you actually become a character again, or, you know, I'm just like so interested in what could happen yeah. that I'm going to play a little bit longer until of course I get stuck somewhere. But, um, but yeah, so far, weirdly enough, I, I don't know. I've, I definitely have learned from you and learned from this podcast and I'm better at souls games. Um, so I'm, I'm not like eating shit all the time. So I don't hmm. know. We'll see. Oh, interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, there you go. I guess there is something to be found for people who are Jones and for some souls. Actually, yes. not my, not my flavor, but you like it. I'm sure maybe other people like it too, especially if you like a little comedy in there. So yeah. Last hero of nostalgia should have been nostalgia. They missed, they missed it a, a trick there. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Let me talk uh, a couple quickies here. Um, first, uh, shout out to the eternal cylinder. Uh, we talked about this a while ago. This is a game where you play as these little creatures called Trebums. It's a third-person game, and you're on this weird alien planet, and on the planet is also the Eternal Cylinder, just like it says in the title. What that is is a giant literal cylinder. It's as big as, like, the fucking Empire State Building, and it goes, like, from Horizon. Like, the entire Horizon is the cylinder, and it, it comes after you. It rolls towards you, and it crushes everything in its path trying to kill you. And every once in a while, you can get to like a little safe zone where you activate a force field uh, to pause it for a moment. You can't stop it, but you can pause it and you go do like some side quests. You collect some, uh, you collect other, other, other Trebums to join your group. You can have like a bunch of them kind of going around Pikmin style. Uh, you get little powers, you eat different foods and every food you eat changes you. Like it lets you grow taller or you can shoot uh, different like explosive stuff or you can, like your guy can mutate based on what he eats and he can kind of rotate through your crew so like one guy can have a certain power, the other guy has a different power, and you can kind of rotate through them as you need, which is a pretty cool setup. Um, I think the the story overall is really interesting. I kind of want to see what is going to come of this world where this giant cylinder, like, it's really impressive, dude. You see this thing, you're like, holy shit. I got, it's, I don't even have words for this. I got to run in the opposite direction like ASAP. Yeah, it's epic. It's, I saw the trailer, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Um, so the reason I bring it up is because, number one, I haven't finished it, so I do want to finish it. But number two, um, they just came up with an up-res version for the PS5 and Xbox X slash S. So if you're waiting for the best time to play this game, I think it's probably now. They've had time to iron out any bugs. They've given it a fresh coat of paint. Looks nice and shiny. Uh, it's great to play. I think it's really fun and cool and cute. So it's out there. And if you have any interest whatsoever, this is probably the version you want to play. So just heads up that it exists. It's out there. I'm having a great time. My uh, my kid loves this game. It's probably one of his favorite games of all time. Uh, and so I'll finish it as well. And uh, it's really cool. I like it a lot. Um, so check it out. That is the Eternal Cylinder. I'm currently playing on Xbox X and I can confirm that it does look shiny and fresh. Nice. Uh, but it's out there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Check it out. Check it out. And then the other one, 
this is a very interesting one. It's called Hobo Tough Life, uh, which tells you pretty much everything you need to know uh, right there in the title. I believe this game is from Poland, I think. And that makes sense to me because it has that very, very identifiable Eastern European kind of like nihilism and darkness to it, that sarcasm, uh, just that blackness to it that a lot of games have over there. I mean, I think it's just a cultural thing, which, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on by any means, but I can I can pretty quickly identify a game that comes from that part of the world because of how the writing is and the stuff that you do and also some of the development. It's it's very, it's got its own flavor and I, I like a lot of it. I like a lot of the Eurojank games that come out of there I think are pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah. So yeah, some good stuff. This one, exactly like you think, you wake up and you are a literal homeless person. You are a hobo, I guess. And you don't know what happened to you. You wake up and you're, you think you had a really, you, you got really drunk the last night. Uh, a lot of alcohol and drugs and stuff in this game as you might expect. Um, and you just, you like, you're, it's kind of like a, it reminded me of nothing so much as like, um, I don't know, like a, like an Elder Scrolls game, basically, where like you're first person and you're wandering this small world, small open world. You're in a city, a lot of concrete, a lot of stuff, and you're just kind of looking around at people. Um, you quickly meet some other hobos and they send you on some quests. Like, number one, find out what happened to you. What was the party you were at? What went down? Why did you black out? Uh, you know, other stuff like secure shelter and, you know, find food and stuff. You start the game with like these clothes that are just rags. And it literally says, your, it, this is not even a joke. It says, your holes have so many pants, you feel cold wind blowing on your anus. Oh, so, geez. <laughs> and there's all sorts of stuff that happens in this game that I think is weird and funny. And I feel like it's probably slightly offensive. Um, a lot of, I mean, I, there was definitely some misogyny tones, which I actually didn't appreciate at all. I don't care for that in my games of any kind, but there was other parts that were really funny. Um, and I guess, I mean, I guess just take a step back for a minute here because I don't think homelessness is funny. I don't think people being homeless is funny. I don't think, you know, the mental health issues that often lead to homelessness or drug use or anything. Like, I don't think it's a joke. Like I don't like, I wish those people had homes and I wish we could help them. Um, but as a reviewer, I have to kind of take this game for what it is and, I mean, I guess if you're not immediately allergic to the idea of a game that kind of makes light of the homeless situation, which I guess maybe some people don't even want to talk about that. I mean, and I respect that, too. Like, it's I don't you know, I mean, I, I think some things are just not meant to be made fun of. Uh, but in this game, I, you know, I, I took it and I just wanted to see what this was all about. And, I you know, I, I guess damn in hell, I did laugh a couple of times. Right. Like, you well, know, yeah. Can I actually help with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I would look at the Steam page. And so, by the way, I almost played this game like five times. Oh, did you really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I've like, I like, like put it in my cart or whatever, you know, and I just never downloaded it. So I'm interested to hear what you say about the gameplay. But here's the intro, because this is talking to what you're just saying. Homelessness is not funny. Uh, yes. I have not had a home at times. And, um, you know, I've, my brother hasn't. And I, there's things that have happened in my family where like that's uh, been, you know, really close to home. Here's the thing. This game is actually, like you said, Eastern European. Um, the the intro, it says, Welcome to Proslav. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. It's a cold Central European city that grows even colder with the coming winter. So it says, Proslav is recovering from the political turmoil that followed the end of the Cold War and the fall of the communist regime, which held the country in its iron grip for decades. While most people await the coming of democracy and capitalism, some were unable to adapt to the new socioeconomic climate. Soon they found themselves on the streets with nowhere to go. So that's the setup. And it's it not is, just yes. like Joe Schmo in America who like doesn't have a home and right, is on the street, right. which sucks shit. This is like about a, a moment in time. 
And I think that kind setup kind of, kind of. It's well, a yeah. good setup. It's yeah, a kind yeah. Of, it it's seems like that setup is what. Yeah. It go. It goes quickly into like laughs and jokes though so for example one thing that I, I admit that i laughed at but i also thought was kind of sad was like there's a mechanic in this game where you can talk to people you can talk to anybody and so just imagine like elder scrolls where you're walking around except you're like a hobo homeless person whatever and you're in the city and like you see these randos walking by and like you have to kind of beg for money because you don't have any money and so you can go up to people and like depending on what you look like and actually what you smell like smell is like a meter in this game though sometimes they're like Ugh, i don't want to talk to you and i it was hilarious in in as a game mechanic. I feel bad if you're talking about this, but it's like as a game mechanic, you are not presentable enough to these people so that they don't talk to you. So on, on one hand, it made me feel terrible. But on the other hand, I thought it was funny because of just like how they implemented this mechanic. And so mm. you have to kind of do things to make yourself more presentable. Or sometimes you would have to like look for people who were drunk. Like you get a guy who's coming out of a bender. He's staggering down the street and he doesn't realize that you are a homeless person. And then he like gives you money because he thinks you're your friend or something. And so you've got to like be clever that way. So I feel, you know, now I talk about it. I feel bad even talking about this. This is making me, this is bringing me down, man. It's weird. Like, it's a it's weird, weird thing. I feel, I feel very uncomfortable with this. But like there's parts that are, oh man, why did I agree to cover this? I don't know why I agreed to cover this. But like, for example, you like sometimes you have to go poop, right? And so like you look for a corner, but it takes like a guts meter, like a gut check to be brave enough to poop in a corner. Oh my which goodness. I thought was really sad and also really funny, but actually more sad now that I think about it. it I feel I okay. Feel here, I'm going to help you out. I feel like I need the, to go donate to a food bank or something after I do this. Or me, or me. I mean, I don't, don't have a lot of money. We talked about it in the beginning. I have a poverty <laughs> moment, but um, I'll say this um, is that, you know, it almost feels like the Sims in a way. So I feel kind like of, they're yeah. kind of going between like what's realism and what's jokey and what's Simsy because in Sims, you can be dirty and smelly and other yeah. other NPCs yeah. will be like, get away from me or something. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Your yeah, yeah. dating won't work because you did something wrong. You spilt something. So it feels like it's trying to mix those two. But the problem is the real world has this. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's weird. And I, it's, my, and my yeah. setup that I gave you in the beginning is just a setup. Um, which makes it maybe not just like the streets, like regular streets, but here's the reason why people are displaced. But yeah. it's still, like you said, awkward. And I do not want to play a game where you have to poop for sure. It's it's really gamified. And I think that's kind of what, um, I think that's what enabled me to laugh at it at first. Although now that I'm talking about it out loud, it doesn't sound funny at all. But like, as I was playing it, I was, I was amused by how they have integrated like the different systems and how, and how gamified it was. All these different meters. You've got like all this inventory, um, for example, uh, like you can you can dumpster dive, right? That's like one of your core mechanics is dumpster diving. Um, so you go around the city and look for for uh, dumpsters that you can get into that are not locked. And when you get into them, I, at first I thought it was going to be just a what what items are in here, but it's actually a mini game. It's a mini game that um, you have this giant like minefield. You start in the middle, and you have to choose to simulate like digging through the garbage. And so sometimes you'll find something good like food or whatever. But then sometimes you'll hit something that's gross and it makes you more smelly. And so that like hits your smell meter and that makes you less appealing to other people. But then, or sometimes you'll damage your clothing and you take like a, a status hit because you've ripped your shirt because, you know, there was something sharp in the garbage or something. So um, in a very abstract, like game design way, I kind of like thought that was kind of clever and fun. But now that I'm thinking about it and now that I'm talking about it, uh, I, <laughs> I just feel bad. I yeah. feel terrible now. I feel terrible. I well, have to apologize to everybody listening. I feel like it just, oh man, it's so weird because it didn't strike me that way when I was checking it out. But now that I'm talking about it, I do feel terrible. Well, I'll say another thing, and we're kind of going back and forth. I'm yes, kind of like yes. playing devil's advocate for the developer because 
the end of their little description says claim the throne. So the idea of this end game is that you're actually supposed to become like a homeless king. The king of the hobos. Yeah. Yes, that is your quest. And you're like, become, can, yes. like gain power by bringing factions together, which makes it weird too, because that doesn't, that's not a thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. And that's why I say like the, the premise, it's, it's like, it's not a serious game. Uh, because you're king of the hobos and there's all this jokey jokey stuff. There's lots of jokes and tons of jokes in this game um, that are not really jokes, but they're kind of like, um, I don't know, like uh, hopeless statements or like nihilistic feelings, I guess, that comes off like the kind of European joke that I'm used to in in those kind of games. Like I'm just kind of familiar with it. Um, but yeah, it's also kind of sad and serious in a way because it is kind of making light of a real situation. So, all right. God damn it. Wow. I, I, you know, I didn't start this segment feeling so conflicted, but I feel super conflicted right now. Well, we're, we're, we're shedding light on hobo and the hobo culture. I'm going to also give you a couple other things. One, I don't like the word hobo because yeah, hobo, if you look in the dictionary, it's a tramp or vagrant. And vagrant usually has negative connotations, negative connotations. Right? Yeah, you think of those dudes like riding the trains and stuff. Is what well, that's old-timey hobo, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is can be, in quotes, hilarious in a movie, right? Because then it's like it's a comedy or something. Uh, and it's supposed to be funny because it's like Laurel and Hardy or something. But um, the other version of, or description of hobo, though, is a migrant worker, which I oh, think shit, is... Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, which is, I think, what they're doing because, again, this like real-world situation where the communist you know, regime fell... And there's these displaced workers. A hobo was a migrant worker also in the U.S. Where like they were like looking for work. That's why they were traveling around. Fuck. This makes me feel even worse now, dude. Well, oh, we're, we're, we're educating people. Um, I don't know how many hobos exist today, specifically in this old context of like. In that, in that definition. They're looking yeah. for work, you know. I Probably none. Um, like on an actual, you know, looking yeah, traveling, looking for work. But yeah, so it's a weird mixture. But. Let's move on because I don't know yeah, where we man. stand on this game now. Yeah, let's let's get off of this game. I feel whew, I gotta man. Okay, I gotta do some soul searching after this segment. That's, All right, that felt bad. Okay, um, let's just get off of that. And if anybody wants to send me email, just go ahead, man. I deserve it. That sucked. You don't deserve uh, nothing. You were exploring it at the same time. We're, I guess, we're doing this in real time. Jeez, oh, I feel like I should have known better. All right, anyway. Okay, Blacktail. Moving on to Blacktail. Yes. Uh, all I know is it's some kind of a first-person take on Baba Yaga. That's all I really That's know. That's it. There you it, go. So. Review's over. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> Hobo Life, maybe not. I don't know. But, oh, um, my God. So Blacktail's made by the developer called The Parasite, um, but it's S-I-G-H-T. And I kind of describe it as Alice in Wonderland meets Slavic folktales. Hmm, okay. And I think a bunch of people have heard the myth of Baba Yaga. Maybe they didn't know what it was. I didn't fully know. But you play as Yaga. So you're Yaga in the myth of Baba Yaga. Um, and it is a first-person archery combat uh, adventure game. So not really RPG, but you are doing battle with an archery with a bow and arrow. You have some magic spells, and you have upgrade tree. So there's that kind of stuff going on. And it's really the graphics really nice. And again, it feels like an Elsa Wonderland world. Now, what was that game? I was trying to mention this to you in DM. What's that game you love so much that's Which based one? on Slavic uh, myths? Oh, yeah, yeah. The one that it was my game of the year last yes. year. It was, um, holy cow. That the, game. The card. Yes, yes. Oh. The cards and stuff. Anyways. Oh, uh, my God. I can't remember. You look, okay. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. So, but that is, you know, I got feelings of that, you know, where it's like, here's all these weird, uh, not weird, here's all these different um, you know, myths and, and, and tales that I don't know about. And so I'm getting educated on them, right? 
Yes. Like mushrooms that talk, but that was, you know, something that people, you know, it was a, it was a tale, it was a myth or whatever, um, in this kind of Slavic, uh, myth. So there's a lot of that kind of like walking around a world, uh, meeting different characters from these different myths and stuff and folk tales, as well as another story that's going on where you Black book. That's what it was. Black book. Black book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're getting that kind of feel as you walk around the world in first person with these different kind of characters and stuff going on, um, stuff, you know, that I'm not familiar with, but also just feels like fish out of water, like Alice in Wonderland. You're, you're just kind gotcha. of like walking around. Now, the story is basically you're um, a girl who got kicked out of her settlement, uh, this little village, because they say you're a witch. And by the way, surprise, you are. <laughs> <laughs> like they weren't wrong you, you're not wrong folks yeah you do <laughs> magic stuff i mean this is very magicy game okay um plot twist you actually are a witch yeah so they're not wrong but you're also trying to find your sister and you also have a voice inside your head so there's a lot of things going on and the actual gameplay again is first person running around finding characters talking to them like the last yeah weird characters i found were these mushrooms that talked and they wanted me to do a job for them um, but you're also trying to find your sister. You're also trying to remember your past. So there's a lot of things going on there. Uh, the gameplay plays out, you know, there's some monsters around. It doesn't seem like I'm being chased all the time. It's more about an exploratory experience, in my opinion. But then there's bosses. There's definitely, like, bigger, you know, things you have to to, to face. Um, but you can do a lot of resource management, like crafting. You're finding things. You're picking things up. You're crafting new things. And there's a morality system as well. So... Do you want to hurt that little creature? Or do you want to, you know, not do that? Or do you want to pick this choice or that choice? And so morality definitely comes into play. Um, there's little cats that warp you around the map, which is adorable. Warp cats, always warp good. Warp cats. The things that are weird, uh, two biggest problems I have with it. One, the checkpoint system, you have to pick up flowers in the world, and they're just kind of randomly everywhere. Not everywhere. They're randomly placed because they're not everywhere. And so if you have flowers in your inventory, when you find a checkpoint area, you can put the flower in and it saves the game. But if you don't have a flower, you can't do that. Is it like a consumable or is it like once you put a flower down? Yeah, that's it. You, oh, you so it's that. like a limited item. Yeah, limited item. you're okay. finding those flowers. Gotcha. So that's a little tricky. That I, sucks. I haven't ran into a real big problem with it, but it seems weird. I'd like to just be able to save it whenever. I mean, saving is fucking saving, dude. That's just like a baseline thing you should limit saving yeah they put it into the like world building or something so you're putting a flower down do not like do not like the other thing i maybe don't like is the frame rate is 30 most of the time it's just tough in these kind of games first person you're doing bow and arrow bow and arrow action and there are bosses it's just hard for me i've said this so many times in the show but it's hard to go back to 30 when you've like experienced 60 frames Right. And this game, I feel it could use it, and I'm sure it will get it, like you always say. Later on, they'll get some upgrade. So if they can kick that uh, puppy up to 60, I think it'll be much easier for the bosses. Um, And also just walking around, it's just kind of like I can notice it, you know. And I think it was a little bit lower than 30 sometimes. So, yeah, that's that's a little weird. It kind of bothered me. But I do like the weird... um, Again, different, uh, you know, Slavic myths and folktales, learning about them as well as like, it just feels like an Alice in Wonderland game kind of, Yeah, yeah. you know, um, straight out of that style. And the crafting doesn't seem too hard. The resources don't seem too hard. So nothing like is like uh, laborious. 
but it's just interesting. And then you make choices with the morality system, which is fun. So I'm going to have to ask you a question. Yeah. So this is about Baba Yaga, and I think probably one of the most famous things about the Baba Yaga myth is, of course, her hut on chicken legs. Have you gotten to the hut on chicken legs? Do you have that? Is it a vehicle? Like what? How does no. what role does that play? Yeah. See, because I don't think I know much about that Baba Yaga story. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I think there was a movie, wasn't there? Some sort of. I mean, there's probably several. It's a. It's yeah. probably one of the most famous elements from that part of the world uh the mythology over there i mean uh not we don't know a lot about it in the west but baba yaga comes up pretty often and you know she's got she's a witch usually pretty pretty evil she lives in a hut that uh, walks around on giant chicken legs that's like the most famous part that's the most identifiable thing you not you don't have that hut in this game no i didn't see any hut interesting um, okay. but there's basically like this voice that at some point early in the game goes in your head is like definitely a darker voice you know like kind of um telling you darker things to do and stuff like that so you're kind of yeah maybe they're telling the story of like this girl becoming different you know and changing hmm. and there's a lot of masks and you can put masks on and stuff it's very confusing to me like i'm i feel like i don't know some of the story but i also don't know some of the you know folk tales and stuff but it's interesting and i keep like learning new things and there's talk of a dragon and there's talk okay. of like bigger bosses and stuff so, yeah, I just I'm I'd like these games for the learning um part of it as well, you know, and different goddesses and stuff like that. Do they explain why they call it Blacktail? Oh, I don't know if I know that yet. No. Okay. I was um, kind of wondering, I don't know what that has to do with the Baba Yaga myth at all. Maybe there's something I don't know about, but Well, there's a lot of like wildlife too and like I don't know, there's a lot of animal stuff in this game, so yeah, I don't know enough. Let me go back to it. Um, I've only played it for a little while, but I would—I right. will say this: besides the frame rate, if the frame rate was just a bit up, I mm-hmm. would like want to mainline this and beat it because there's definitely enough interesting things to want to go through and play it. But every once in a while, I just get frustrated with it being a little bit slower, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, it's still a All check right. it out for me. Um, All right, still a check it out. I really dig right, it. Yeah. Cool. All right, I'm going to come back to a game that you uh, inspired me to play, Grime Colors of Rot. You played this last episode, I believe. Yeah. It's a 2D Souls-like slash Metroidvania from developer Cloverbyte. And if I am not mistaken, I believe these people are from Israel, I think. Um, And I don't think they were even... I think they were like some kind of a school project or some kind of a collective or something. And then this kind of came out of it. I don't know what their current status is, uh, if I'm correct. But uh, really quickly, you want to just recap for us, Carlos, what you thought of this game last week? Yeah. And you said that perfectly. It's like Metroidvania with Souls-like, but also like body parts and stuff, which I thought was really interesting. I like that mechanic a lot, by the way, of of picking up things and then using them for like cosmetic. Um, Also cosmetic and... Uh, stat bonuses. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think the problem I had in the beginning, which I kind of lurked uh, Twitter, which we'll talk about later, and saw some stuff you said about it. It The problem I had was that you can't get around the map very fast because I couldn't find yes. any fast travel. Yes. And I played for quite a while. I think you played longer now. But, um, yeah, it just was a chore to go all the way back to a place. Not that I was going to die by monsters because at some point you upgrade yourself really strong. And I felt, unlike Souls games, I felt pretty comfortable in most scenarios, right? Because mm-hmm. once you upgrade yourself, you go, okay, I can get through this map without worrying about it. Um, it's just like bosses I've got to worry about. But yeah, I think I had a good time, wanted to be able to fast travel more. But my biggest problem was the bosses. Because um, that first boss, which I'm sure you got past, 
Mm-hmm. I just didn't, I couldn't seem to figure out the pattern because it seemed like it was random. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, that mixed with the idea of that, I don't know what, what trigger button it is for you. You're playing a PlayStation? Or uh, yeah, so it was R1. R1. Yeah. That thing, that timing, that window is fucked up. It's like such a short window. Yeah. So I felt like I had to use that for the boss, and you're going to tell me in a minute. So that's why I got stuck. But gotcha. overall, I really enjoyed it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I heard what you said last week. I never tried it before you brought it to the show. And then listening to you talk about it, I was like, okay, you kind of intrigued me a little bit. Um, I wasn't sure that I was going to want to play another Souls like this year because, I mean, you and I both put like, I don't know, 200 hours into mm-hmm. Elden Ring or whatever. And there's so many like really poorly done copycats out there. I just wasn't sure that I wanted to get into this one. And also real talk. I mean, maybe this is petty of me, but the character design of this game at first glance um you're uh, you're like a stone body and you have like a black hole for a head and it looks a lot like that other um roguelike what is the other roguelike it looks like uh dead cells it looks exactly like dead cells so i was kind of put off by that just from an artistic standpoint where i'm like oh that looks very much like the character from dead cells and i this kind of gave me like a uh, i I don't know it just it just didn't didn't sit right with me um although now that i'm playing the game it, it has a very different um different implementation yeah it's its own thing yeah it's totally its own thing despite despite any initial appearances or suggestions so i got into this game after you kind of um intrigued me uh playing it on playstation and i have to say i think this game is fucking fantastic i think it's really really good nice um i i was hesitant because like you said parrying is a it, it is like major central mechanic you cannot you cannot finish this game you cannot play this game Unless you're able to parry. And I was worried about that, right? Uh, parrying, I'm terrible at in general. I hate doing it in most times. Um, but I was curious because there are a few games that do it well. Um, I think the one that does it the best for me is probably Blasphemous, uh, where it's even with my poor ass, like shitty reflexes, I could still parry like almost 100% of the time, which made me feel pretty good, confident. And I have to say in Grime, I feel like it's also, uh, it is it is very flexible. Um, it starts off with a pretty wide window. It's not... It's not the widest window. It could be a little bit wider, but as you, it, but it's good. It's not Wait, bad. We, I need a pause. Yeah, go ahead. Nintendo controller pause button. Pause. Um, yes. How are you saying that in the beginning it's not that bad? It's like zero point zero three seconds in the beginning. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was bad, and I think the key, the real key for me, was when you're doing the tutorial. They say hit the button when you're about to get hit. Now every every parry fucking game in the world says that right but in this game they actually mean it and so when i really just calmed down for a second um because i was already worried about it right i was already thinking i got one foot out the door because if i can't parry i'm gonna, I'm gonna bail on this uh but when i really stopped to look and stopped trying to anticipate it and instead tried to only hit the button right when that thing was about to hit me and i had to pay attention like i really had to watch the tells i got it like all of a sudden i just it just clicked like i, I could mm. figure it out it worked and once i started realizing i had a couple more seconds than i thought i did Almost every single time, there's only like one or two enemies in the game that kind of always get the better of me because they have these weird timings. But most of them, they're not trying to fool you. And I appreciate that. Like, you know, we live in this post-Souls world where everybody expects you to dodge roll and everybody expects the sword to come down when the guy raises it. And so From got hip to that. And then they start doing these delayed timings and weird timings and circle arounds and stuff. And it's just it's it's like a fucking head game now. But in Grime, they don't do that. They're just like, look, this dude's going to hit you read his tells look at what he does um and to, and, and to be fair i i get wrecked every time i meet a new enemy they just wreck me the first like two three times 
because I'm like, okay, I don't know what your moveset is. I don't know what your timing is. But then once I study it for a second, uh, you know, like I said, just calm myself down, really pay attention to what they're doing. I'm like, oh, okay, I got you. Like when you're going to do that, your arm goes up. I'm going to parry right here. And then when you do this, I'm going to dodge. Like I just, you just kind of figure it out. And I will say, I think the, the parry window is generous. It's not as generous as Blasphemous. Uh, I think that has the most generous parry window I've ever seen, which I think is awesome. Um, but it's pretty generous. But the thing that's great about this is there are a lot of systems in this game. Um, so it's weird because this game is very complicated, but it's also very simple. Uh, Gameplay-wise, is very streamlined and straightforward. You're platforming. Uh, you gain powers over time, Metroidvania powers. You get like a double jump. You get like an air dash. You get, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, like a grab kind of a thing. Uh, but it never really takes away from the core experience, which is just like using your weapons, whichever one you like. Uh, usually you get your fast and weak or you get your heavy and slow. Uh, there's a couple in the middle, but you got to, you know, you find one or two that you click with and it stick with those. Wait, which weapon one... did you pick? So that's a whole journey in itself, right? Um, I'm going to get back to the second. I'm okay. going to put pin in that. I'm going to come back okay. to it. Um, but basically, the thing that I really like about this game uh, is that a lot of the, the powers you get... The game doesn't get complicated in what you need to do, but it does get complicated in how you build your stats. There's a lot of passives that you can get. So if you learn to parry well, you can parry enemies. And once you parry an enemy a certain number of times, you gain his ability. And then you can put points into it. So some abilities are like... Uh, the one that I used that really saved my ass at the beginning of the game is if you miss a parry, take less damage. So that really helped a lot when I was learning how to play because I would miss the parry all the time. And instead of taking 100% of the full damage, I would take... 75% damage or 50% damage. Mm. It saved my ass, dude. Like it made a huge difference because that really allowed me to learn the pairing more often. Also, um, it's not available right away. And in fact, I think they should make it available sooner. But there is an ability that lets you widen the parry window again. So you can put some points into that. If you're not great at parrying, just make it wider. Give it another second. Give it another 1.5 seconds to parry. And then it's like really, really doable. Um, so I appreciate that. They let you change some of that. And a lot of the passives I think are really good. You can customize your character. Uh, in a number of different ways. Like if you're great at parrying, you don't need to put points in that. You can put it into something else that lets you deal extra damage when you successfully parry. Or uh, there's a system where instead of an SS flask to refill your life, you uh, have to parry. And when you parry successfully, it builds up a meter. And then you can, whoops, sorry. Pardon me. Uh, and then you can use that to recharge your life. So if you're really great at that, you can increase that to give you more life. Or you can do it more quickly. Or you can add add and change little things that doesn't change the basic nature of the game, but it does add a different flavor depending on your play style. And it's a subtle at first, but man, over time I really began to really appreciate that because it wasn't confusing. I didn't have to learn extra button presses. It wasn't like something like evil West where you had so many moves and so many uh, additional powers. And every time you upgrade it, you got a new power. Like I just forgot everything. But in this case, it just kind of subtly tweaks what you're already doing to support how you're already playing really streamlined and elegant i thought it was really brilliant once i fully understood how it was working hmm. um great stuff um i will say also uh there is fast travel in this game there's two kinds of fast travel but both of them are not great that's the probably the biggest thing in this game that i wish they would change uh there are these warp points around the map you can find there's like five of them it's not enough uh and they're really out of the way it's really dumb i don't like those warp points later on and this is not really a spoiler i guess uh or maybe it is but Every save point will eventually become a warp point, but you have to beat a hidden boss to get it. So oh. the boss is tough and he's pretty late in the game. I'm about, I, I didn't get it until I was about maybe like 12, 13 hours into the game. That's way too late. That's way, way, way too way, late. Way, way because too late. those save yeah. points you're talking about, yeah, I thought I could warp to them and you couldn't. And yep. I was like, fuck that. Yeah, but you can. And I think that they should put that, 
I mean, you don't need to get it right away because I do think there is some value in learning the levels and kind of because you go back and forth, you earn more, uh, you know, souls or whatever. It kind of helps you along your path. I think that if you were shortcutting too quickly, I think it probably would hurt you because you wouldn't have enough um, resources to go around. But by by around like hour five or so, I'm like, OK, I'm I'm good. Like, I know what I'm doing. I really want to fast travel now. But it was like another seven hours after that. So that's way too late, yeah. dude, uh, which I didn't appreciate. Um, the other thing that I kind of uh, wish they would change in this game is the, the the template that FromSoft set up originally, where it's like upgrade materials for your weapons are really rare, and you got to spec yourself a certain way, and only some weapons can be used when you've got certain stats. Like they 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 broke that ground, and I respect them for doing it, but they have kind of eased over time. It's not really res- as restrictive, but I notice that people who are doing souls like are still doing that old school system of where you have to commit to something right off the bat. And if you're if you if you've never played this game before, you don't know if you want to be a power character or a finesse character or a magic character. You have no fucking idea. You have nothing to base it on. Mm. And so how would you know what to put your stats into? I got myself into a situation where I wasn't making progress because what was happening was I was. Uh, I had choice paralysis, right? I had a bunch of points, but I didn't know what I want to put them into because I didn't know which weapons I was going to like and I didn't know which one was the right one and I didn't want to overcommit because I'd spend all my resources and then I'd be screwed if I got a weapon I didn't like. And so I didn't level up for like a long time and I eventually hit a wall where I just I couldn't beat any boss because I was really, really underleveled. So I'm like, fuck it. I need to, I need to commit to something. So I did. That made a difference, um, but I was still really cautious about that. So I, I would really suggest to the developers, like, just get rid of that. Let us respec as much as we want. Uh, let us get the points back if we want to. Let us experiment because, honestly, this game has a lot of really fucking cool weapons. There's, like, um, a finger bone. You whip out the finger bone, and it, like, reaches forward and grabs somebody. There's this this pole that has teeth on it, and the teeth, like, spin around like a drill. There's an axe that has a mouth on it. You hit them with the axe, and the mouth, like, chomps on them and bites them. There's a spine that uses nerve endings to like shoot electricity in people. Like the weapons Whoa. in this game are fucking cool. I didn't dude. get They're a lot really of those. Cool. I got some of the basic ones because I didn't play as long. But oh my god, the weapons are really really fun, and I want to try every single one of them. Yeah, but you can't because you're you're spread out too too thin, right? And so you're not going to succeed. I wish they would just get rid of that. Just let me play with the weapons as much as I want. Let me respect as much as I want. Um, but what I ended up doing was I did one full respec once I had a pretty good idea what happened. I got a um, I found a a couple of teeth that go in your fists, uh, these little uh, incisors or something, and they're poisonous. And so you punch somebody a couple times, it builds up some poison inside the teeth, and then you shoot, you like shoot the poison out of the teeth, and it does damage over time. Jeez. Total game changer, dude. I like, I min-maxed to put all my points into that, and it like, like I, w- I was going to bosses that I thought felt like invincible at the beginning of the game, like wrecking them, like totally wrecking them when I came back. So I'm glad I found a weapon that fit, but I wish I could experiment more. I, I really want to play with some of these that I haven't had the stats for, which is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. Well, you answered so. two of my questions. One was which weapon you picked, which is that weird one, I guess. Yeah, the poison teeth. Are poison the shit, teeth. Dude. Uh, and again, the very beginning of the game, or even like, I guess, the first hour or two, you get they give you a bunch of ones to try. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they feel like old school souls. Like, here's the heavy one. Here's the fast yeah. one. So yeah. I in the beginning I picked those blades like the dual blades. Oh, those are good. Yeah, because it was super weapon, fast yeah. and yeah. Um, you know. But to that point, my other question was that that first boss. And are you answering me saying like you beat him because you had the poison teeth thing? Oh no, the poison or teeth is like eight hours later. Later, like much later. So yeah. wasn't that first boss a little weird with his rhythms though? Because I couldn't figure it out. 
it's just so this this game i think is very classic souls in one way um where you get to a boss every boss when you get there feels fucking impossible like literally everyone i get to that guy the first guy i got to uh the other guy who's like it's like a crab made of a like a jawbone i got to like this giant uh, bird that's got like all these weird hip bones on it and stuff like it every boss I get to I'm like oh fuck I'm never gonna beat this guy and I'm always thinking okay well I guess I guess I'm done with grime right I always think that for like a second but just like classic souls like once you figure out their pattern like I end up beating the guy getting like a perfect so it's like it's just about like studying those patterns and mm. getting there it's that, just that first, first guy, one seemed like there was no pattern I couldn't figure it out it was just there's all definitely the there's definitely a pattern but you also you have to parry like Yes, um, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. 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 If you don't parry, I don't think you can even play this game, which is good for them because they make the parry window. You know, I, I feel like it was pretty doable. And also you can make it wider. Also, you can take less damage. Wait, also, how can you, you can, make it wider again from the passives? Uh, yeah, from some of the passives. You can also um, heal yourself every time you parry. You can also uh, there's like there's like five or six different things you can do with the parry to 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 make it more playable for you but um but again it's not all right there like you gotta you kind of got to make your way through the game which i think is probably the this game's biggest biggest problem is like some of the good stuff that would really help some players is is buried a little too deeply um i think they should like get that stuff pretty early in the game and let people play with it i think they would really enjoy it a lot more and, and it would be open to a lot more people i think yeah um, but the, the real the real fact is this because i'm not trying to be a debbie downer because i brought, no, no, I brought fine, it to yeah. you and i'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it uh, and there's a lot to like here, but for someone who isn't good at pairing, that's the biggest draw or the biggest takeaway because um, I got to that boss, like you said, he's a parry boss, you know, yeah, with all, all the, the hands are. and stuff. Everyone, everyone okay, are. everyone is. Then I might not go back to the game, which sucks because I do like so much about it. But um, for me, that window's still too small. I just, I guess, I'm worse at pairing than even you. Um, which is saying so because we both because I thought I was I thought it was yeah. the world's worst pairing person. And know? also before we left, go to another game because we've been on this front I think for thirty minutes. But uh, is those arms though do do delayed? You said like they don't do the delayed timing, but they do. Those arms do. No, they have a, no. I think once you study them, like when I when I say the delayed timing, it's like it's like a Souls boss where like. They run towards you. They raise up their sword. It looks like they're about to drop it, and then they just they just hang for like a second or two. But the arms hang. I feel like the arms hang. I think hang. it's pretty predictable though. Like once really? you once you read once you read it, yeah, it's like every single time. Every boss impossible. Wait a minute, not impossible. Oh, I just did a perfect. I'm fine, and I move on every single time, dude. Just those random arms in the level though always would get me. I don't know why they yeah. would they would raise their arm up and then be like, I'm coming down. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Now I am. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. well, let me just say, just to wrap this up. Yes. Um, I know we kind of talked about what it, kind of it does wrong, and the, some of the other parts that I like. But just to go like long story short, um, I think that out of all of the Souls likes, um, I guess if we're talking about the two D Souls like, I feel like this one is one of the best ones. Um, I would put this alongside Hollow Knight. Uh, it's not. It's definitely not as hard as Hollow Knight. No way. Hollow Knight is way harder than this. Uh, it's uh, also also as good as Blasphemous. I think Blasphemous is superb. Um, I would, you know, Hollow Knight, Blasphemous, Grime, I would put those three in the same basket. If you like any of those other two games, I bet you're probably going to like Grime as well. And I feel like it does its own thing. Like, there's enough that's different about this game. It doesn't feel like a straight-up Souls copy. Like, all the systems, all the passives, mm -hmm. the way that you parry, what happens, and the theming. I mean, you're this person of stone in the stone world, and there's flesh elements, and the story is pretty easy to follow, which I like. And it just it just feels really good. The controls feel really good. The graphics are great. I mean, I love this game, dude. I'm definitely going to finish this game. I'm about maybe 15 hours in. I'm in the home stretch right now, and I just it's been fantastic. So difficult at first, granted, for sure. But like once you find a rhythm 
uh, it really takes off. And again, uh, shout out to the poison teeth. That is, uh, for me, yeah. best weapon in the game, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just hearing you talk about the different ways to use the passives to find the different weapons, um, it makes me want to go back in, and I might. Because again, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it, and I spent a long time with it. I just got stuck at a boss, and so... You know, maybe I'll just jump back in at some point. You know, my only advice would be, and this is what I did too, and there's no shame in this at all, right? I would just pull up a YouTube video of whatever boss. I've done this several times because I'm like, I just don't understand what's happening. And then once I see how somebody does, I'm like, oh, you can parry that thing. I didn't know you could parry that. Or, oh, I didn't realize you could dodge left or something. Like, there's always some trick to it that maybe you're not picking up on. And me, you know, me too. Can I, I apologize, you guys. Sorry. Um, there's always something that you might not pick up on and watching. I mean, like there's a there's a perfect video of every boss in the game. So when you see that, you're like, oh, OK, right. now I get what the theme is. And that kind of like hips you to what's going on. Just try it for that first boss and see what it does. And you'd be like, oh, OK, I can I can parry this one, dodge this one, get over here. And like once you get the, the, the rhythm of it down, I okay. bet you'll blow through. That's it, no what problem. I'm going to do, because I'm actually yeah. in like a souls mode where I'm playing this nostalgia thing. Yeah. You know, so like I feel like I'm good at it. It's just, by the way, in the nostalgia yeah. Um, there's no, par- you don't have to parry. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I do yeah. my dodge roll, which is what I love sure. doing. And the first boss, which is again, just like what you just said, just to jump back to that game felt impossible. Like there's two forms too, that yeah. bullshit, yeah. you know, the second form happened. I was like, no, it's never happening. And he starts shooting lasers and shit. I'm like, it's over. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop this game. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, took a minute, took a beat, you know, left yep. the game came back and beat him like right away right see that's exactly what i do with grind dude same thing feels impossible get mad leave come back beat him it's like the same thing wait wait totally. leave a level up then beat him because i did level up a little before that you oh, know because yeah. you, you can upgrade your stats but oh, i was grinding for a while I yeah was yeah grinding. mini grind yeah, for sure. yeah, right. so yeah. anyways yeah. i'll go back to it we've talked about it long enough it is uh an awesome game we both like it all right let's move on to the last game of the show and one that i was actually very surprised to hear you bring to the show not one that i ever thought we'd be talking about in this context, it's Carlos does Fortnite. Dun, what? Dun, dun. Man, I have a, such a long list, but we're already kind of long on the show. I will, I will tackle this. It's so crazy that I bring it to the show. So now, some background information, okay? Before right. we even tackle this, a you like the game a lot, and so does your son. Oh yeah, your whole family. You play it. Oh together. yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, eight gazillion people play it on this planet. Yep. Uh, pretty popular game. I heard. Um, I played it just like you. We talked about on the show back in the day. It was a regular like um, I don't know, call like it a PVE game. sort of PVE a thing. game, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they kept morphing it and stuff like that. Uh, jumped into the battle royale train, and as soon as they did, it, it was kind of uh, success from the beginning, almost in a way. And then just got bigger and bigger with all of its different iterations. Which, of course, I um, you know now that I'm playing, I went back to YouTube and just like watch the whole history of Fortnite, right? So I could understand where it's been and where it's going, et cetera. So the reason why I jumped into it is because of my buddy, because it's always about friends and both multiplayer games. There's never going to be any way that I would ever probably jump into a multiplayer game unless it was Scavengers, which is gone. Ah, Um, Heartbreaks forever for Scavengers. Heartbreaks forever. Um, You know, generally I don't want to play that. I want to play single player games. It's just kind of my jam. Sure. But my buddy Brooks, who uh, we did a lot of videos together in San Francisco and created a bunch of shows together, um, good friend of mine, he was like just persistent. He's persistent as fuck. (laughs) And like DMs and messages. And he's like, okay. And this is kind of part of my review. He said it it just got put put over to Unreal 5. So it's like it's using Unreal 5 now, right? Unreal Engine 5, which is just better graphics. Um, 
it's also chapter four, so it's a beginning. It's a new chapter, so it's a good time to jump in. And just a bunch of other things that are like you know going on with it right now. That's it's a good time to join. Um, and so I you know finally couldn't say no a millionth time, and jumped in and played with them. Of course, it's fun because you're just catching up with a friend. You're just like fucking around, right? Sure. But I did see the draw because a on my PS5, it's fucking beautiful. Like it's oh yeah, it looks way better now. Pretty yeah. as shit. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, I remember the old versions. I played them, and it felt like an old PC game, right? Uh, and also the the skins, like there's every skin in the world, obviously now. So um, it's colorful. You can be kind of anybody you want. The first thing that I got mad about, which I think I brought to the show last time, is that you can't make a character. Um, right. And right. I just feel like if you're going to play a game for 300 hours and just like live in this world MMO style, just let me be who I want to be. But what this game does, and what Brooks told me, and I kind of understand now, is that it's it's all about skins to a to its detriment at times because they cost money or cost in-game currency but sure. it's about becoming different characters it's not like just having to be one person um, yeah but you told me a story also like offline that you had a friend who just stayed one character the whole time too and you could do that as well yeah which was weird but he did it he did it for years yeah but here's the thing i embraced that part of it so that's part of my first uh, review which is the character part is that i just kind of embraced it and i was like okay now i'm wednesday you know, like a, a Wednesday-looking goth girl, or I'm um, who was the other one? Oh, I found a Native American type character, and I was oh, yeah, like, "Holy shit!" Of them, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, so I was, I was a few different people. I have like the three that I like, but I understand that it doesn't have to be just like the one person. Um, and so, yeah, we played. Um, the other thing that's a really big draw, which again, I'm coming to this with a lot of things that weren't in the game before, but one of the biggest um, modes is no build now. Yes. Um, yes. I, game changer for me. Game, game changer. changer. Because I literally, even if my buddy Brooks was like, we're going in and playing, and he's like, here's how you build. I'd have been like, bye, Brooks. See you later. Ugh, building sucks. Building is building. the worst. And it's also the best for some people because they're so good at it. They're like, they're too good at it. Insanely. Like, uh, what's like, you're, they're seeing the Matrix, you know? Yeah. Um, like, when my, when my kid does Twitch building, I'm just like, how the fuck are you even moving that fast? How do you? Yeah. My brain can't even process it at that speed, so I'm out, yeah. I would be out in a second if he brought me into the game and that's what it was. But no, so zero build is zero build, and it's basically about running around the environment. Uh, There's a slide, which I love, Uh, like any kind of third-person game with a slide. Um, There's all these new augments. So basically, like, I'm saying all the things that drew me in. The the augments are, as you play the game, you get these, like, uh, you know, buffs or skills, and you unlock them, too. And some of them are like game changers. Um, I'll, I'll kind of talk about them later. But Those are all new. Those are they're all new. Season, yeah, so yeah. Every time, it's funny because um, every season of Fortnite, there's something different and something new. Like it always changes up. And I know that some people grumble because it disrupts their strategy or whatever. But I mean, that's one of the things that keeps it fresh. But like, I haven't really dipped in very much this season. I was really busy with, you know, Q4 stuff and Game of the Year stuff. So I kind of. Um, haven't gone in. Plus, I didn't like the skins this season, so whatever. But, you know, like, I'm watching my son play. I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Like, I just played it a couple months ago, and it's already, like, a different game. Yeah, it just feels like the version that he brought me into was the version that I would like, which is, you know, good timing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm having fun with it. And so I played with him. I still will play with him here and there and a few people. But in general, I still, like, want to play solo. So they actually do, a, like, it's pretty damn fun to do the solo no build. Right. Because and I'm sure you probably do this as well, or maybe you do. But, you know, if you do want to just like uh, do some quests or just kind of hang out and uh, not only just get better, but also kind of like 
you know, um, yeah, there's just so many environment uh, puzzles or like story bits and stuff like that are around the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just kind of ride the storm is what I call it. I think that's maybe what other people call it, which is as the storm closes in on you, you can just be on the outskirts. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so when I land, I always go out there and, you know, every once in a while, like one time out of 50 or whatever, there'll be somebody out there and, you know, you'll fucking die or you'll have to get into a firefight or something. But sure. most of the time, you can kind of, you know, as long as you're running and kind of yeah. always moving, you can not encounter people. So pretty reliable to get a few couple minutes apiece, get some guns, get some experience or, you know, whatever, whatever. And you're not, it's not always like the immediate firefight. Yeah. No. And if you truly ride the storm, which is what I do now, uh, again, later on and some, I'll tell you some really cool stories before we leave this that, you know, I'm definitely shooting and fighting and stuff, but um, you can like literally dip into the storm a little bit, you know, and, and come back out. Cause it hurts you a little bit, but you can do that. So by doing that and riding the storm, I can two things. My right now, my style is if I ride the storm, I always come in top ten, like always. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it's like impossible not to because my style is is because I'm riding the storm. I I'm you know up, upgrading myself right the whole sure, time. Sure. Yep. And so I got all my shields. I got all my this new stuff called slap juice, which is also really fun. I got that in me. I got some. Um, you can harvest fruits now, so you can store health items. Not yep, just regular yep. health items, but like a ton. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing all that. And so by the time I do find somebody, I like feel well equipped. You know, I'm not scared. I'm not like just got my harvester and I'm like, you know, worried I'm going to just use my one gun. So that's why I'm always top 10. And it's not brag. It's just like a, it's a technique, you know? No, no. I, yeah, I, I've done yeah. the same technique myself for sure. Um, and then the other thing that I'll say that also makes me kind of have fun as a solo is the balloons which are, are OP. Oh, I love balloons. Yeah. I love balloons. Yeah. I know they're OP uh, in the fact that, like, basically, I'm calling OP in the in the fact that if I play right now after this podcast, which talking about it makes me want to, um, and I, I re-roll, because you can re-roll for those augments, which means that if you get the one you don't, you don't get the balloons, you can keep re-rolling for it. It costs gold, but you can do it, right? Mm-hmm. If I re-roll and get the balloons in the beginning of the game, I'm, I'm going to place uh, top three. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, because I'm sure all it's the detriment of all the players or like to chagrin or whatever, is that all you do is you ride the storm with the balloons and you will you'll be the last two people because unless they're really good shot, those balloons keep giving you height and you never yeah. have to come down. So I love the balloons. They're so fun. Yeah. So here's here's my fun story is that I was showing my brother. On Christmas, I just thought I would show him for two seconds and be like, okay, I'll close it, you know, leave the match, whatever. But I got the balloons early, right? So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just like, I'll ride the storm with the balloons. And so I did. It's only me and one person left. The storm, you know, is like all fully on us. And I see the person and I have the hammer. So the hammer is another thing that brings you into the game because it's a melee weapon and it's a shockwave hammer. It's fucking nuts. So I had my hammer. I'm all the way in the sky with my clouds and there's only one person left. So I land, slam the hammer on him, and knock him into the storm and get first place. Oh, so you won a solo. Oh, yeah. Nice. I mean, that's like I've won five second places, like, and I've only played for four days. Uh, Again, that sounds like I'm brushing my shoulders off, but there's techniques, you know. No, well, that's um, good, man. I, I, I didn't win a solo for like a long time. I was king of second place and to the point of where it was like a joke. And oh. 
when I finally got my my first true solo win, I was like over the moon, dude. It was just like it felt this awesome. giant relief. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and it also felt awesome because my it was the only time I showed my brother the game. You know, I was like, oh, that's hey, awesome. look at this, and then I go, but bam, hit him, and he was so hurt already. You know, when I knocked him into the storm, that just killed him. Right, um, that's excellent. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, there's fun to be had here. I know I poo pooed it for the longest time, but on the flip side, I'll play quick devil's advocate. I'll say the biggest problem is. Um, you know, they're definitely, it's, it's an upsell the whole time. And so, yes, you can do in-game currency and it buys you certain things and, but the battle pass you have to pay for in the beginning. And then yes, it gives you free shit after you paid for it, kind of like Netflix. Um, but yeah, like literally they want to, they refresh the item shop like every eight hours or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. 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 So they just want kids to spend money. So like, we've got to bring that up. Like that's definitely the main thing so they can stay in business. I know, but it's crazy the upsell, right? Like, that's what they. I mean, it just seems like a money making machine. Um, I mean, and, I mean, it's it's not wrong, but then again, it's like you know, if you don't give your kid money, then they can't buy it, and you don't need it. It's just it's just the temptation, you know, the the draw. I mean, of course. Well, the that's what there. I'm saying. Yeah. We, we're adults. We know the draw. And if I'm like the age that I am, and uh, <laughs> and and I'm like, oh fuck, I need that. Than those children, sure, right? Sure, and I just sure. like saw a story of someone like a kid spending two hundred dollars on their mom's credit card, whatever. Like that shit can happen. So oh, yeah. we, we got to put that in the same voice as my, me talking about the game because it seems like fucked. You know, <laughs> there seems something wrong there. Just a teeny little element. I don't. I know. mean, I, it's just typical. I mean, maybe I'm just so used to how we are in America and how life is here in America. Everything re- revolves around the dollar, but it's like. You know, Fortnite's free. You can download it, and you actually don't need to pay anything ever if you don't want to. It's all just like temptation, right? It's all just seeing the next shiny, wanting that that skin that you thought was really cool. Maybe you're a big Rick and Morty fan, and you see Rick in the shop, and you want to get that. Or maybe you're a Doom fan, and the Doom Killer is on the uh, is the Doom guy is on the on the the battle pass this month or whatever. You know, so there's I mean, there's definitely like the temptation, right? But I mean, what, what else are they gonna do? It's like they. They got to make money and they are making money. They're making a shit ton of money, like billions. So that's obviously successful. But I mean, I can hardly blame them because we live in a capitalist society and games are not free and all their employees got to get paid. And I, I don't it. think there's a game in the world that brings as much content and refreshes and changes up as regularly as Fortnite does. I mean, it's got to be this Herculean effort. So, I mean, as long as you're going into it with eyes open and, and, and realistically, like, you know, like I said, my friend who was kind of slightly crazy, uh, he didn't spend a dime on that fucking game and he played it i mean we were playing it together for like two and a half years i never saw that guy spend a dollar on it and that was just how he was but you know he got the in-game currency the v bucks and stuff and he managed so it's possible i mean nothing's forcing you to pay but i get i get the allure for sure at the end of the day it is not like negating my review of it because i'm playing it and i have um a really interesting thing to talk about at the end here but um, yeah, it just because I worked in a mobile game company, I know what they do, right? And so, oh, yeah, oh, I can yeah. see want, the, get you. I can see the triggers, right? And there's just like eight million triggers per page when you're in that game. So that's all. <laughs> it's like they could they could trigger less because they're going to still make a hundred gazillion dollars, and now they make one kachillion dollars. You know, so anyways, that's math. That's it's true math. It's not a super negative thing, but I'm just saying, like, it's oh, yeah. it's definitely oh, yeah. a moneymaker for children. Sure. sure. Um, that said, the other thing that I really like want to mention is I did play the creative mode back in the day. What I've been told is it's the best it's ever been now. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, they added 
because we you know part of the thing was to go back and you know try to play people's maps and stuff and they added really really cool melee things which is um basically i'm making a map because uh, one of the maps i played had really cool sword play mm-hmm. but here's the thing when you take when you have certain swords in the game um and again, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's in the base game right now, but it's in a, like the creator mode. Um, you can add dodge as an ability. Now, in, oh, it's like, okay, gotcha. Yeah, in no, Fortnite, there's the no real dodge. Right it's like no. slide and jump, which the jump is very floaty and stuff. Um, maybe they took it from the PV. It might be in the PV. I'm not sure. Right. But it's like pretty fucking good, bro. And like <laughs> with the sword, you can do all these double like combo moves and stuff. It just feels like a melee game, like a fun like RPG action RPG. So I'm making a map that's just all melee. Um, and there's a few that are like that, but very, very few in the way that I'm doing it, which I won't spoil because I don't want, you know, someone to take my idea. Sure, but sure. Um, I'm finishing the map maybe in a couple of weeks probably, and I'm going to put it out there. And I do like that system of um, support a creator. So they have this oh, thing well, dude, where... Let me know when it's up, man. I'll go, me yeah. and the kid will jump in and I'll, I'll spread around some friends. And we, you got to call it something clever like, you know, Carlos's, Carlos's cut up or something it's like that. that. It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> that could be a podcast name, but it does not do it. No, I have a name for it, and I just if, okay. if I tell you the name, it gives away what it is. That's fine. Just save it for when. Um, you get the but what they do watch. is like literally, you can change like the lighting and stuff. So I have an atmosphere of like a horror movie. Oh yeah. Um, yep. You know, I have like um, you know just the coloring and stuff like that. They have tons of towel sets that you can just like throw into the game. So it feels like Unreal, right? Like you're kind of fucking around with like Unreal Light, right? Like the very like base version of Unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they also give now first person mode for editing. So when I'm editing my map, I don't have to be that little character floating around. I can actually just be editing like I would in like on my computer. Yep. Yep. So anyways, it's a good time to be in Fortnite. I never thought I would go into it ever. Yes. I will give him credit. Cause I'll probably hear this. Brooks got me back in. Um, and I'll say that I'll play the multiplayer here and there and it is fun to have experiences like an MMO, right? You're like, Oh, when that time happened, you know, like, Recently, I was playing with him, and this woman coming after me, and uh, I, sh- I blew up the gas station to take her out, you know? Oh, that's always fun. That was that fun, happens. yeah. So there's great moments like that, but I do, like, really enjoy the single-player experience. Like, the solo no-build is pretty fun to me because I can do what you said, is I can do things on my own, and then I can go fight if I want to. Yeah, um, but yeah. it's just it's that one time out of, like, 50 that you get jumped, you know? Maybe sure. if it's if it's, it could be more than that, but you know, and you're like you're not in the mood to do that right now. Oh, dude, yeah, that's, I hate that's that a, part. Yes, that is the story of me playing Fortnite. Is I would just like to do my dailies. I am not in the mood to get shot in the head, and yet I am shot in the head. That happens all right, the time. Right, it's just part of the thing. But yeah, I mean that's that's basically you describe what I, what I like to play the most is like I go in the solo, no build. I kind of do my dailies, work my way up the battle pass. If I get a good run, maybe I'll see if I can do top 10 or maybe even win. You know, I've won, you know, I've won more than a handful of times. I mean, it's, I'm not the greatest at Fortnite, but I don't suck either. So, you know, I've definitely had my, my share of victories and stuff. If I'm feeling it, I'll go for it. If not, I'll just be like, whatever. I died. I don't care. I'll just go back to that town and get three more chests and get my daily. And then I'll just play something else. Like, well, it just, it's just a thing. You described exactly what I told my buddy last night. It's just like, after you play enough, you don't worry as, as much about dying. It's, it's, it's not yep. like a thing anymore. You know, yep. you're just like, oh, okay, well it ended it early. Let me just jump back in. And because oh, man. everybody, you know, in the what, world you know plays, what I want right now? You know what I want? I want, I want Carlos of right now, yeah. December 27th to talk to Carlos of last week. I want the two of you guys in a room and I want you to tell past Carlos what you know now, because I feel like this is a real journey for you. I feel like you have come a very far away in your 
perspective and appreciation of Fortnite. Just now, even just like in the last week since we talked about it, I feel like you're almost like a different person now, which I think is great because you, I think you're starting to see what I was, what I'm getting out of it. But I'm like, you know, three, four years in, and you just yeah, started like I'm five days in, I'm seven exactly, days in. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'll say this though, to to de- I'm just devil's advocating it the whole episode. The only thing that I would say though is I know you've mentioned to me like I like doing quests, you know, or whatever. And yeah. my buddy last night was like, "What's your which which quest do you have?" I actually like playing it without thinking about those because to their positive uh, or to their um, to support what Fortnite did is that I don't have to think about them and I still get XP, you know, like yes, yes. just by being around like so many little quests are things like just shooting while you're sliding or something, you know? Sure, so sure. because when I don't, when I don't think about it for me, it feels more like an open world game. And I, there is a lot of like interesting little locations and stuff. I don't want to use the term POI. So corny. <laughs> just say point I mean, of I interest. locations. Yeah, yeah. locations. locations sure. You know, houses and stuff. But anyways, like to go to the, you know, crevasse or whatever, this place where there's a, you know, gas station. or I, I like just looking around and doing things, but that's how I play games. So I actually, even almost every single time now, still don't like want to check what I have to do. Um, sure. I will and hear it's, val- there, it's totally but. valid, dude. That's totally valid. If that's what flows your boat, man, go for it because... Fortnite is smart, man. They got real sharp people where just by being in the game, you're earning XP by just doing stuff that you would do already. Right. And so much of that stuff, you don't even have to go out of your way even a little bit. So they they got you covered no matter what you want to do. Well, and what's funny is, and this will be the longest I've probably ever talked about Fortnite, but like like last night, I want to do the one of the uh, missions, which is like throw presents somewhere, right? But they always put them at these, as they say, sweaty locations <laughs> where like it's a, t- a million bad guys or a million people playing. It's so funny you're using the lingo now and everything. I can use all the lingo. That's hilarious. I knew That's it before. Hilarious. I just didn't want to use it. Sweaty locations. Yeah. So you're in this place with a bunch of people, and they're like, just just throw a present. That's all you have to do. But the minute you get there, you're going to get shot at, and you know, you're know you in a firefight, yep. and now you can't yep. even find the fucking present. So. That's why I, I sometimes don't look at those quests because I'm like, well, I'm not going to get to do them, <laughs> you know, because there's so many people. But all that said, I'm having fun. I do like the fact that I'm making a, a world, you know, a map, and I will tell you when it's done. Um, and it's not terrible. I'll say that, you know, I definitely like wanted to hate it for the longest time. But I will think I think that it is the perfect time to jump in because just the graphics alone and the frame rate especially on a console like PS5 or Xbox X or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just buttery smooth, you know. Um yeah, I I guess Man. I like Fortnite. I don't what know. What an incredible what an incredible full circle journey we have taken here Carlos. I feel like I feel like we just completed this giant epic quest where like at the end of it Carlos gets that XP bonus, he gets like a new couple passive skills and he's like Fortnite expert now. That's crazy. Well, every time you say that it makes me want to like say something else that I don't like about it because <laughs> I don't like that I would like it but but you do just be just accepted well, okay. dude. like you came around you like it it's nothing wrong with that here's another caveat just really quick oh my goodness is the voice chat has to be off though like I I would never oh, dude, play this game you're crazy if you don't turn that off okay, okay. you're crazy I would never play this game ever in, my, in like a million no, years no okay? you turn that shit off ASAP right, dude. which it is which it is it's never been on the only time I was on with, with friends right sure that's different that's okay but um, the other day I went into a player-created map because, I don't know, just a ton of them, and none of them I've ever been in have had voices. I don't know, just by default, like, you know. And I, some of that setting's on my end, I know, right? But I went into one, and the voices were on, 
and I, I, I swore I turned everything off, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just children. I mean, like children, oh, children, right? Yes. That's the way it is every time. Dude. You go okay. into any map when you have it on, I guarantee you. So this Fortnite is interesting um, because it's it's a lot of it is very small children, and there's a huge percentage of Spanish-speaking population who play this game, too. I really wish I knew Spanish because I would love to be able... I mean, I guess to converse, not not with the kids, but like some of the other people are speaking Spanish. It feels like to me like half the people who play this game are Spanish speakers, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Because it shows how versatile and how approachable Fortnite is. You don't have to know English. I mean, they, obviously they translate that stuff, but just, you know, nothing really English specific about it. It's just this really cool game that people can play. And it's so funny. Um, I remember one time I jumped in uh, to a squads match and I didn't have my voices on for some, I think the game had just updated or something and I forgot to turn the voices back off and I was in a a sweaty location where I couldn't turn the, the thing off. I didn't have a minute. And the squad that I was on, I was doing squads at that time was our squad goals. They all spoke Spanish except for me. And I knew just enough to just barely catch a few words here and there, but they totally fucking carried my ass. Like we actually won that one. Like I got down, they revived me. Like they gave me some shielding and like, we all just kind of pushed through. I couldn't speak Spanish. They didn't speak English. And like, we just ended up winning and it was just like the fucking coolest feeling, dude. Like yeah. that kind of micro story was amazing. That said, I still keep voices off 24 fucking seven because it's annoying as shit. But, you know, there's some interesting stuff that can come of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's it, like you said, the, the description of people coming together is cool. But that's why I generally like, um, you know, yeah, no voices, but you still can help each other out because exactly. it's your you characters doing you it. Your characters it, yeah. are doing it. Yeah. You're right. Um, right. Anyway, so that scared the shit out of me when I was like, oh, yeah, children. Uh, and also those children are the ones who are headshotting me with a sniper rifle. They're way better than you are, dude, yeah. and me as well. They're, yeah. they're better than both of us. Which, in the past, has been one of the main reasons that with building is why I never wanted to go back. Because I was like, oh, I'm just going to die in, in seconds. Why would I want to do that to myself? But like I said, there's just enough little things now that you can, A, play solo and win. And also just like not be worried about that and, and ride the storm. So... Exactly. So that's my quick synopsis, which took a long time. Um, I got a new title for the episode. Carlos loves Fortnite. No. What was the other one? I like the other one better. We were going to do Didn't Cry at All, but I think now I think we're going to roll with Sweaty okay. Locations. I think that's better. Sweaty Locations. Is or Carlos Likes Fortnite. But um, I, this is a, a real quick. I know we're long on time, but uh, a bonus review, which will be like three sentences. But because I was high on being like good at Fortnite <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I jumped back into Death First for a second. Death First? Oh, man. Okay, how'd that go? Remember Let It Die, developers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. both said on the show that we liked the style of it a lot. Love it's the beautiful. style. Absolutely. Um, all the art and aesthetic is awesome. All the weapon upgrades and stuff like that. But it's a small game, which is like maybe 20 or 30 people on a map. The maps are small, and they're kind of more linear in a way. Um, and I remember noping out cause I just got eight shit like immediately. Right. Same, same. I did. I don't know if it's cause I was, you know, getting better at like multiplayer E games, but I started doing pretty good at it. And I was like, Oh, it doesn't want you like Fortnite to run around and be insane. It's a slower game. Meaning like you can kind of like, yeah, you're closer together with people like immediately. But if you traverse the landscape, cause it's a very vertical game. Yeah, it's pretty vertical. You go really high up and stuff on on towers. If I basically played that game for a long time without encountering another person, even though it was just a small map of 30 people, because I started learning the the map. And so I didn't fuck with anybody. And then at the end, it says, like, go to this location. And it's like Battle Royale time. So they make you do it at the very end. 
But the, at the first or second time I played it, I was like one of three people at the end because I just, you know, was kind of traversing. I wasn't in the fight or whatever. But then I did get better at it because remember, that game's a melee game. It is all melee, yeah. And I'm Mr. Melee. So I played three times, and the third time I got first place. Nice. And I was nice. like, oh, because it's a melee battle royale, you know? So I kind of am okay with it right now. I don't know what's going on. You're going to put some more time in? Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I I bought the battle pass. Oh, wow. You are in. Holy shit. What the hell's shit. going on with Carlos What is Rizella? happening? Well, wow, we're seeing some real fucking personal growth on this podcast, buddy. We're the, making some real steps. The battle pass was super cheap, and it, it, you do craft weapons in that, which is different. Like yes. it's like yes. um, it's some of it's not as cosmetic. I think there's some bonuses too, so it's kind of a mixture of that. Um, I really like that style a lot, and yeah, I dump, I jump in every once in a while. Wow, wow, wow! I feel like. This is a whole new Carlos Rodello we're talking to, folks. This is Carlos 2.0 here. It's Carlos 2.0, but I, I feel like I'm on the fence of being Carlos 1.0 again. And, <laughs> and just being like, I'm not going back to Fortnite. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, folks. This has been Ooh. an absolutely epic episode. Um, we are going to wrap the show. I mean, there's a couple things before we go. You want to cover a couple things before we go? Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. I just have a couple of things. Uh, show wise or movie wise, we both saw Violent Night. We don't need to yes, retread that. that. We like it. Yep. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, I also checked out Murderville, Who Killed Santa, which is that improv show with um, uh, what's his uh, book? Will Forte. Nope. Will Arnett. Not that one? Will Arnett. Will Arnett. That's yes. what it was. Sorry, my bad. And there was a Christmas one during the Christmas season. It was yep. pretty funny. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, based on your review, I went back and watched Bullet Train. Oh, yeah. Bullet Train. Fucking great. It's a great movie, isn't it? It's so, so crazy. fun. I mean, talk about you want to like just leave the world for a while and just go into this little world. Yes. So fun. Over the top. Unbelievable. But so Bullet fun. Bullet Train was so good. Brad yeah. Pitt's Better. so good in yeah. it. I think it's his best role. I think it's his best role. Yeah, Fight Club probably his best role. But um, I really liked it. A lot of comedy from him. Yes, yes. And then, like you, I also saw Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and really liked it. Oh, man. That is a tremendous movie, dude. Oh, my God. You know, everybody's talking about how Andor is the show this year that's, that's talking truth to power, that's really telling it like it is. And, like, I mean, maybe it is. But real talk, dude, I found Andor to be so boring. I just, I really couldn't get through it. And I just, it was weird to me because I felt like Andor was saying things that were so obvious. Like I was kind of questioning why anybody was really getting excited about it. I just, something about that show just, it's like oil and water with me. But hmm. it, with Glass Onion, I felt like that, the writing was so on point. Like it was so accurate. And if you think about when they must have made this movie, this was all before the shit about Elon Musk came out. Because if you watch this movie now, it feels like this entire movie is about what a shithead Elon Musk is. And if they made this movie like two years ago, like, wow, how how prescient were you guys that you guys knew this was happening, that you had this all pegged before he fully became the the open open air, obvious to everyone, emperor no clothes shithead that he actually is. Well, I'll tell um, you why, because there are many people like that in this world that are not true, Elon right? Musk, right? Exactly true. You can yes. make this story about a lot of people that are in that positions of power, uh, made money uh, off the backs of their family or some weird kind of, you know, we're giving them um, yes, power yes. and stuff like that. So that's what this is about. And it just happened to be Elon kind of like mimicked it. You know what I mean? Perfect timing though. Holy yeah. shit. But it also incorporates COVID, which I thought was amazing. I loved all of the COVID references they put in. It was like all so fucking true, dude. Like it was all on point. Yeah. 
performances were great. I mean, Janelle Monet was amazing. Oh, she's so Daniel good. Craig. I, I think this is his best performance as well. I love Daniel Craig in this role. It was just great. The whole fucking movie was amazing. I just loved it. It's great. It, it, you you hit the nail on the head with the casting, right? Like Edward Norton oh, as the as that character. You know, yes. I won't spoil anything, but just everybody's great in it. Um, super super good. I uh, was just like glued to my sc- glued to the screen. Is that what they say? Glued to the screen. Glued to the screen. Yeah, yeah, I was just like totally entranced. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. yes. Which, by the way, the first one, the Knives Out, which is called Knives Out, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was the same way. I was like, "What's also happening?" Also excellent. Also, also excellent, excellent stuff. stuff. Yeah. Highly recommend that. Anything else from you? Uh, I'm still watching Willow on Disney Plus, and I feel like that show is great. Um, it's really weird because it strikes a strange tone between being high fantasy quasi medieval and like modern music and modern lingo with some of the characters. It kind of emphasizes the generational divide, but I think it's a really strange, but cool mix. I really like it. We're maybe like five episodes deep. I really love that. Like most of the cast is not white. The lead romance is about two lesbians. Like it's about, it's also like a lot of ties to the old movie and it definitely carries a legacy forward, but it's really updated in a lot of really cool and interesting ways, um, mm-hmm. which I think is just really fun. I love that they're doing something with it and doing something different. So I really like Willow a lot. It's not what I expected. Um, and I think it's very surprising in some ways, but I think it's also quite good. Cool. Um, started watching Avenue five on your recommendation. We yes. just watched the first two episodes yesterday. Uh, really weird. Um, funny. I don't know that it's caught, quite caught its stride yet. We're only in episode two, and I'm like, okay, like I kind of laughed, and some moments I'm like, okay, that felt like a miss, and like I don't know that the characters are fully dialed in, but we see the pieces coming together. So we're gonna watch another couple episodes today. Uh, we're in so far, like I think it's pretty good so far, but I don't quite feel like it's firing on all cylinders just yet. Let me let me give you something that will help you. One, okay. the whole show never like settles down. It's more mm-hmm. like a, it almost feels like a monster of the week kind of thing. Okay. Just kind of like almost a Star Trek-y way, um, like just let it flow, but it's not going to, there's not going to be a ton of like character growth. (laughs) You know, it's almost like if you've seen the characters, they're kind of those people. Sure, sure. And it's like a light and fluffy thing. I always would always watch it at night where like I want to just like decompress. Yeah. So it feels like that. And the the jokes aren't supposed to like kill. Like they're just kind of like light. Oh, that was kind of funny, wasn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then also, here's why you get you'll get caught up though. It does that the whole time, so I'm like, I finished the second season already, um, and I think they got greenlit for a third. Um, it just never like, yeah, it's just kind of light and airy and whatever. But then what they do is they pepper in massive moments, like, mm-hmm. oh, um, I can't spoil anything, but like, oh, that happened. Oh, that changes everything. Like some serious stuff some or something. Some serious yeah. thing. And you're gotcha. like, fuck me. And then it's still like lighthearted. So it's like so cool because it's almost like, wow, I just thought about this. The, the the show is like a microcosm of like, hey, the world's nuts. But these characters are just going to go with it. That's it. It's interesting stuff. Yeah. We're going to watch some more. And I just realized we didn't explain what it was. It's people who are trapped on a starship yep. that goes off course. They can't return back home for like a, a longer period of time than they thought. And then it's kind of like a survival, but it's also kind of a comedy um, sci-fi, but also kind of like a light, like comedy sci-fi. Yeah. Um, on HBO. Is that right, HBO? Thanks. so. sounds right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I'm very excited because Alice in Borderland season two just dropped, I think, last week. I know. Uh, did you have you watched it yet? I didn't finish the first season, remember? Oh, my God. I'm real close, though. Like, I'm two episodes oh my away. God. Uh, Alice in Borderland is a... It's about these people who get transported to, like, this other dimension where all this crazy shit happens it's basically like kind of like a squid game before squid game happened and by the uh, way we've mentioned the show five times 
We have. We it's have, been a yeah. while, though. It's been a while. Like, at okay, least okay. a year, because yeah. it's, been, it's been a while. Uh, it's basically like Squid Game in another dimension before Squid Game was a thing. Uh, I think the writing is fucking great. I think the action is awesome. I love the characters. Me and my wife were fucking glued to this shit when it came out, and we didn't know if it was ever going to get greenlit for season two. And then Netflix fucking just, like, stealth dropped it. I'm like, bitch, why promote your shit a little bit please like they always netflix always talks about no one watches our show we got to cancel everything after season two we're dying for metrics and blah, blah blah like they never advertise fucking anything dude like it drives me crazy how they have these amazing shows and then nobody hears about them until after they're over on the flip so, side i do like getting surprised and when they have a homepage, everybody who has the app sees it I mean, I mean, I have to contradict you, dude, because I we were we watched this shit and we're actually neck deep in all the Korean shows and a lot of the shows from Asia. My wife loves that style. I love it, too. And I didn't hear anything about this on my homepage, on my recommended or what's new. It was actually uh, my buddy Ryan on Twitter who mentioned it to me. And I'm like, I totally did like a spit take. I'm like, what? That came out. What are you talking about? And like, Weird. if it wasn't for Ryan, I wouldn't even know. And like, I'm the number one dude they should be selling the show to. I'm wondering. So it's that brings up a point about the homepage for Netflix, which we don't we don't we're going along on the show. But like. I wonder how they determine that because it's not like Google um, recommended, you know, lots of times they'll do like a blanket statement like this is the new show we want to promote. I mean, you saw what I watched, recommend the same kind of stuff that I watched. It doesn't seem too hard. And I get I'm not a data scientist or whatever, but like I this should have been number one on my fucking homepage and it was nowhere to be seen. It was my homepage. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Okay, last thing. Last thing. Uh, Quick shout out. This is kind of a tangent, but on Instagram, um, I talk more about toys. Uh, than I do about anything else on Instagram just because, like, uh, you know, I, I collect toys, He-Man, Transformers, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a nice little He-Man community, Transformers community that I've kind of found myself uh, part of. And there's this one person uh, there. I don't know what their real name is, but their handle on Instagram is jelly underscore eyed underscore Kraken, jelly eyed Kraken. Um, I got recommended uh, their account by somebody else in the He-Man circle that I was in. And I don't know the full story, but basically what happened was, from what I can gather, this person, uh, when COVID hit, like this started when COVID hit, they got trapped at home like everybody else. And as their way of coping, they started to do little funny Instagram stories, like no more than 10 panels, because that's the max you can do on Instagram. They had these tiny little characters of uh, He-Man characters of Merman and Stinkor, uh, the, the small size, not the regular He-Man size. There's these other kinds. They're called reaction figures. They're really small. And he, he I'm assuming it's a he, maybe a she, I'm not sure, they uh, have all these little dioramas, all these little props, and they go through all these like really abstract like narratives. They just did one that was about Downton Abbey starring Merman. There was one that he right now they're recreating a Christmas story, the movie, mm. uh, but putting it in He-Man and Merman terms. They've done like stuff about the pandemic. They've done stuff about like the economy, stuff about romance. And it's all in the scale of these little like three inch He-Man figures. Um, it's so it's it's really funny and absurd and jokey, but also there's like a lot of like moments of like, oh, dude, totally got me on that one. Like when I see Merman at his laptop and he's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to pay bills this month. What can I sell to make oh, my bills? Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, that was so real. That was so real when COVID was happening, man. Like there's so much real stuff. I love Jelly Eyed Kraken's uh, account. It's like I look literally look forward to it every day. It's always like. 11 30 12 o'clock rolls around i'm like i know he's gonna be posting and i like get on instagram i'm like where is it where is it oh man it's just like this this really wonderful bright spot of my day i'm going back and reading all his posts like three years worth cool. it's wonderful stuff so if you're on instagram if you want some absurd comedy and it really helps if you like he-man too but you don't have to uh jelly eyed kraken's account is just like the shit it's like one of my favorite instagram accounts of all time i just think it's so great so clever i'm the biggest fan ever and i want to just give a shout out to them so cool check it out great stuff all right that's a show we're gonna cut this that's a show we're good 
questions, comments, hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames, on Instagram at SoVideoGamesPodcast. You can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? At TikTok, Carlos Rodella, or on Instagram, Carlos Rodella Comedy. All right. As for me, I'm still on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, also on co-host, although I'm not super active over there. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. That's going to do it for episode 316. And just as a heads up, if you listen this far, you are a super fan. Thank you for listening. You can look forward to our game of the year show next week. Yes. Episode 317 is going to be our big wrap up for 2022. Uh, so look forward to that. Then we'll get back to our regular programming on episode 318. But for now, this is it for today. Thank you once again for joining us. Thanks for being a fan. Thanks for listening this long. Uh, so this has been the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll, we'll see you next, next week. week. We gotta talk fast. We gotta do fast. Let's just go faster. Watch the track. Fast. Try it again. Try it again. This is Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll, we'll see you see next, next week. week. Hey, there we go. That was better. Kind of. All right. Good.